Weather has turned. The Rucker month is falling. The last Rucker movie has fallen off the Rucker tree. Yeah. We're, we're losing our Rucker, Murray. Yeah, but, you know, every, all good things got to come to an end. Every one of them. Every one of them. Yeah, every every good thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, if you guys only knew what, what we've been going the through. The hell we've been going through to get you this Rucker yeah, month. Yeah, you really. You guys should kiss all our asses because... Especially Griff. He's been stressed out so much. <laughs> For whatever reason, these last after three perfect weeks, these last well, two weeks. Two perfect weeks. And then was we it had, only two? Yeah, because Mel is where it started. Yes, that's right. And yeah. that was completely my fault. Yeah. No problems this week. We're getting it. Everything's <laughs> gonna be perfect from here on out. One of my yeah. favorite built to built to spill songs. All right. All right. All right. Calm down. Let's get my heart rate back up. Wait, back down. <laughs> I nearly down. tripped and killed myself. I poured coffee all over the table today. Yeah, well, that was for the other episode. That, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. So, Rutger. Rutger Hauer month. Rutger Hauer month. They, they said we couldn't do it, and we almost, we almost couldn't do it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Every Christ. obstacle that could happen happened. I almost but, choked on a hot dog earlier today. <laughs> okay. Any euphemism for anything? No. Oh, okay. I was eating was a hot grilled? Dog. No, it was awful because it was one that you would prefer. Well, I just don't want to. You like that nice soft boiled hot dog, and it makes no sense to I, me. Why would you want to eat a charred like briquette of fucking because hot dog? Because the char gives it. You more know, it takes flavor. off. No, they said it takes off like every hot dog you eat. Oh, the takes, carcinogens. It takes off like well, a month of your smoke. life. It I takes don't two do, months off. Don't do any of these things. I'm probably okay. I think I can enjoy a uh, carcinogenic hot dog once in a while. All right, enough about hot dog talk. You need to start talking about Rucker Howard. Yeah, this isn't a Robert Ginty month. This is a Rucker There will Howard never month. be a Robert Ginty month. I can assure you of that. <laughs> if we're planning a dual suicide, you'll get a Robert <laughs> yes. Ginty month. <laughs> yes. You'll know. You better get a hold of us. You might go, guys, are you okay? Because we're doing a Robert Ginty month. It's over. Anyway, Rucker Howard month. They said it couldn't be done. It almost couldn't be done. But we still did it. We persevered. Five guests. Five movies, five excellent guests. Speaking of guests, we have our final guest, our closer, the man who's our most popular first-time guest of all time. Of course, we're talking about our man, Jack Baudelaire. Jack, how you doing, brother? Doing all right. Thank you for having me back. Really appreciate it. Very excited. This is one of my favorite childhood action movies. So, uh, yeah, an opportunity to speak about Blind Fury uh, has nice. me just... All, all beclumped with uh, you know emotion and and excitement and verve and I'm I'm just ready I'm ready to go I'm like a sword about to be unsheathed and uh, you know sliced and diced and cleaned and sheathed again. Now, did Rucker as uh, the blind swordsman? Did he steal you away from another action star, or were you pretty open to your action star? Like I would. I, at 16, I was kind of moved on from action. But if I, at 12-year-old, I found this movie, you know, Rucker would have to steal me away from John claude Like, did, did Rucker have to steal you away from anybody? You know, I've been an Arnold guy since I was a wee lad. And I think Rucker is that sort of, you know, lover that comes out of the shadows, caresses you, gives you a good time, and then disappears, you know, from whence he mm. came again. Uh, 
you know, he's got such a weird filmography of just like goofy movies and terrible movies and great movies. Uh, Unfortunately, his career isn't very consistent. But for me, this is like one of those shiny boyhood gems. You know, it's just this perfect action, comedy, martial arts, gunplay, uh, you know, designer drugs. chase scenes on the interstate it's got it all really what was our drug in this movie p2p it was p2p yeah it was p2p fuck we're going into fucking stone cold territory yep i mean the mullets fit for sure they were weak obviously and you know stone cold's mullet was very strong right was he actually called stone cold in that movie (laughs) probably like jack stone (laughs) i can't remember his name and boz bosworth yeah i don't remember his name in the movie i don't either Ice Probably Cold, the- <laughs> Frosty McFreeze, Jonathan Cold. That's actually a Steven Seagal character in a movie <laughs> we might be doing. Jonathan no. Cold. Oh, God. but yeah, I, like you, you mentioned that like he had Rucker is a legitimately great actor. I think he absolutely I is. But yeah. and, and like I've been crowing about, and we've been crowing about it on the episodes. The little gestures, you know, he's just adding. Like that's not in the scripts, right? And it just, it just, you're like, holy shit, that's like amazing. Yeah, he's one of those guys. He's just so good. He's been around so many weird movies and everything. He just he's not surprised by anything, and he doesn't have to just follow like line, you know, like uh, direction from the script or anything. He just makes the character his own every time. Like that's what I've seen all five. You know, we gotta believe when he's doing these like shit movies. Like you know, he's just paying the rent. He's just like I gotta do something to make it interesting for me. So he that's why he pulls it. Split second is a perfect example. Of oh that. my god, that was full. <laughs> it was. Oh. oh yes, but yeah, and this movie, Blind Fury, we're talking about loosely, loosely based on the Blind Swordsman Satoichi uh, series from Japan. Uh, uh, I forget, there was like I think like twenty fucking Satoichi movies, with a ton of them. Yeah, and, uh, he uh, the guy who played him. Also played Hanzo the Razor, which, which is a series we're gonna do. We in have the future. to. I oh man, check that out. You got me hyped. But yeah, so it's this the the blind swordsman old trope from Japan. He for some reason his senses or every other sense is heightened. He can fight. There's got to be a scene where the lights turn out. Yeah. All that shit, you know. <laughs> well, um, Jack was trying to explain it to us earlier in some material that had to be thrown away. <laughs> but I mean, this trope of a blind swordsman, it's it's everywhere, right? Yeah, I mean, this is a classic kind of like anime manga, and of course, yeah, the Zatoichi movies, which kind of predate a lot of that stuff. But it's it it it's just such this great idea of yeah, you know, he's a a warrior who's lost his sight, but everything else around him, you know, he can sense stuff. Something drops from the sky. He catches it in his hands. You know, like his ability to just like step into a room and he knows where everything is. Yeah, Cause I mean, he's running around dodging gunfire and like hmm. how he doesn't like just plow into a wall, into a corner, knock himself out immediately within the first 10 seconds of any of these action scenes is beyond me, but you know, it works like it, this movie would be such a bland, boring, by the numbers kind of rescue road trip revenge kind of thing that would no one would even remember it existed if it wasn't for the fact that you know we we add this little like 
action twist. And like, yeah, he's a blind swordsman going up against you know guys with mullets and machine guns, and it, it just works. It's like just goofy enough to be able to ride that late '80s action train. Uh, you know, so for me, this movie is just doofy perfection. Um, I, I I really enjoyed you know reuniting with it recently to watch it for uh, doing this episode and you know enjoyed every minute. It's an absolute gem. It's, like I really enjoyed it. it. It's very tonally odd. Oh yeah, because it it feels like like a kids movie, like a Goonies almost. Yeah, absolutely. It, yeah. Yet at the same time, people are being like they almost disemboweled by yes. samurai swords. Yeah. So you're like, wait, is this for kids? A right. guy got his hand chopped off. Like a woman got shot. Rucker the shotgun. Such a good job of being a disarming like figure. Like when he's wearing his like weekend at Bernie's I like wear. How you did that. I ca- talked about the guy getting his hand chopped off. And you said disarming <laughs> character. Thank you. Hello. So I'm not completely out of it, despite all the trouble we've been going through today. I got my wit and my wisdom with me. Um, but I love like him stumbling around the road. It's great shit. And he, his, his blind acting was great. His work with that gator. Some of the best shit I've ever seen in my life. I loved nice it. Doggy. Nice doggy. Yes, exactly. Let alone the pile of shit. That was even. Better. Oh, my God. How we avoided it. <laughs> he stepped over it. He stepped over it. It was amazing. He's got yeah. such grace, such agility. And I just. I love it. And yeah, I definitely have seen these in animes growing up. Yeah, and... we I think we all are fans of Ninja Scroll. That's what I remember the blind swords. Yeah. Fight. I, Jubei fights him. I, yeah. I'm surprised you remember names from it. Yeah. I watched it like three months ago for the first time. I don't remember. I haven't seen it in years. Oh my god. My favorite. Yeah. It's yeah. like that's a fun one. What one of these days we have to do an animated movie. We've never done anything animated. That's true. If yeah. you do Ninja Scroll is an excellent candidate. Yeah, or, or heavy metal because I mean that's just ridiculous. <laughs> I think Joe Corey would like to do heavy metal. Oh yeah, yeah. All right, we might have to look into that. Is that is that like heavy on music too? Or yeah, but it... there's no real heavy metal. There's like one Sabbath song in it. Then it's like fucking Sammy Hagar. Oh, it's a mix. It's not like original. No, it's it's a bunch of uh uh he- not hard rock <laughs> songs. I'd say there's I mean there's cheap trick in it. You know, it's like I don't think of them as being heavy metal, but you know. <laughs> Yeah, this is how we get sidetracked into 35 minute Star Trek conversation. What's your opinion oh on lambskin condoms? Uh, Jack? <laughs> Yay or nay? I mean, when push comes to shove, uh, a, <laughs> little protection, a little protection is better than no protection. But it well, according to the Joe, it has no protection. It's yeah, like, it they, they be, tell you on the thing. Why are you using this? It might be worse because you get the false sense of security. <laughs> What is I? I'm still. I'm sorry to go from like bring this to the next episode, but what's the appeal? Like, I wanted to know what it feels like to fuck a sheep or something. Like, it's because it doesn't work. It doesn't make any sense. Enough about that. Getting back to blind. So that wasn't a real question. That was you. That was was rhetorical. That was rhetorical because it's nonsense. (laughs) That's a a rhetorical question. Murray rhetoric question. Yeah. I'm rhetoric. Rhetorical. Blind Fury. Blind Fury. Wait, this is the movie we're doing? Yes. So we were doing heavy metal. No. I haven't seen that in a while. I need to refresh myself. Blind Fury. Blind Fury. And I want to say, as a Golden Globus, we are Golden Globus experts. Not really, but we are. There's a heartbreaking 
scene at the end that we're going to get to, I it was rough for me to watch this. Was it? It's, it's like watching a giant fall. Yeah? Yeah. I didn't like it. I didn't like the end. Interesting. But we'll get into that when we get toward the end. But yeah. Will we make it to the end? We will make it to the end. <laughs> I we hope so. Pages of notes, and we're going to get through this. <laughs> Together, we're going to get through this, guys. Yeah. So we actually took a dip last week. I think we finished 20 minutes earlier, but every episode until that was going up, up, up. Yeah, we're going to we're gonna break the three-hour break. We're going to get the we're three. Gonna do it. Jack, hold on tight. I hope you got <laughs> fresh uh, liquor by you or whatever you need. No, to no, get no. no. You don't want to, like, you don't want the downer. You want to do some coke. You got some cocaine? Do that. <laughs> Maybe like rim your glass espressos at once and just okay pound them. Shotgun us. Yeah, I've been having to sip coffee off the table. Spill it. Yeah, it grifted earlier. (laughs) Let's go. I'm gonna fuck this. We're gonna go right to the goddamn trailer because we need to get balls deep into this blind fury. So here it goes. I don't even have a joke. Here's the trailer for blind fury. Jokes on the show. (laughs) Some people say. Here's the trailer for blind fury. Nick Parker is quick as a snake, strong as a bull, not to mention blind as a bat. Nice doggy. What's your problem? You blind? Yeah. Holy sh! He came for a friendly visit. Blind man. But his timing was a little off. Now, a young boy wants his guidance. Did you ever cry? The strong man is never afraid to cry. They've got him, don't they? Where's my son? He's here. He's fine. And the boy's father needs his help. Now, if you want to keep him that way... Unreasonable men make life so difficult. Shoot! The blind Zorro! If you can't handle it, get me somebody that can. Get me Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee is dead. He'd get his brother. Wetger Hauer. I also do circumcision. Blind Fury. I know you enjoy that trailer. It's a perfect trailer. Perfect. Perfect trailer. Even a blind man could see it was a perfect trailer. Mm, I like that. Thank you. <laughs> All right, Griff. Like every great 80s action hero, he's a Vietnam vet. So oh, Red Brown. We're in the shit. Like Red Brown. We're born on the born on the bayous playing in the background because it's got to play in the background. You gotta have some credence playing in the background to let you know it's Nam. You got how did they end up being the voice of or the song of Nam? Because you're right. Every time I see a Nam flashback, it's credence no idea. and i've never associated them with violence until i started watching these movies i don't know that's <laughs> very interesting but they're deep in the shit griff there's fucking fire gunfire rocker's wearing this horrible short-haired wig you didn't like it it was very halloween usa i, didn't I like hate it. these scenes where it's like the light's bad in them i just i can't i can't focus on them we meet our hero, Nick Parker. A lot of Nicks. He was Nick in uh, Wanted Dead or Alive as well. That must be his, oh, yeah, his favorite okay. name. <laughs> Nick. He's like Pro- Steven Seagal is always Nico. <laughs> is he always Nico? <laughs> I don't think so. And uh, he's, <laughs> he's crawling in the filth. He's covered in blood. 
he's fucked up. I think his whole platoon is like wiped out, isn't it? Oh, of course. It's like he's the last man standing. He's just trying to get out of the shit. Uh, of course, he's got like his one best friend who's still there. But does he take off on him? Yeah, he friend? bitches out on him. Yeah, he's like, well, you look like you're doing Frank, okay, so I'm just gonna leave shit. you. I'm gonna leave you here. And fortunately, there's some very uh, primitive Vietnamese people. You know, they're straight out of the Stone Age. They like find him. Okay, okay so uh, like he passes out on the ground. Yeah, that's that's how we fade into the. I don't. I don't remember the jungle scene all that well. <laughs> there wasn't much to it. It was just a firefight. Yeah, everyone's wiped out. He's blind. He's. I think he even says, "I can't see. I can't see." Yeah, I just remember his the image of his face covered in blood, yeah. and like flashes, and then we fade into black. That's all. That sound about right. Yeah, sure. And he gets. He, like I said, he gets uh, uh, rescued by these. Uh, uh, like primitive Vietnamese people. I don't know if these people really exist. I don't know if they were just made up. You know, I you would think it'd be a I little. I think they might supposed to be like Montagnards or you know one of those other you know relatively friendly tribes. Okay. That, uh, you know, but they, 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 they were they, the Green Braves actually worked with them a lot back in Vietnam. Used oh. them as guides and scouts. Yeah. Well, they've mastered the art of katana making, though. Which yeah, is pretty clearly. Depend yeah. like especially with the tools and everything they have available to them. Yes. It's incredible what they do. Yes, incredible master blacksmiths. I mean, when you got nothing else to do, like that's that's how you, that's their Twitter is. They just hammer out a sword, right? Exactly. So we see we see a close up of our man Nick's face. He's got aloe vera fronds like glued to his face oh yeah we know the healing power of the aloe vera this is very much a rorschach test because murray sees aloe vera well it's the most healing of all plants of course i see green onion i think these people but that would hurt your eyes onions yeah probably is that why he can't cry that's why he can't cry oh (laughs) the onions burn it right out Burned his fucking tear dots. That was what I just love this little headdress. I want to. I want to fashion one of those and see if anybody gets it. Well, because as we've learned, if you got to train, you train in nature. Also, medical nature. Use that's the best thing for for you know, healing eyes. Hundred percent. Put some aloe vera on there. Well, it's just go. like us being so close to up north. You always hear people just be like, "The city life's getting to me." City suburban life. Yeah, it's really getting to you. The, the chili's chili's <laughs> fucked up your order, and you're really messed up. I gotta go up north and be one with nature. They didn't that's... have my my chicken nuggets at Costco, so I'm fucking <laughs> pissed. <laughs> this is a perfect description of suburban life. Love it. So yeah, these people like because they're they're beautiful people. They don't care that this guy and his all his fellow white men have been destroying. He may their be blind environment with napalm, but they don't see color. That's they right. just accept. They're him. colorblind. He's really blind. Yeah. <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> so we're very tired. We're coming in hot tonight. Oh, very hot! Oh, like a spicy green onion on your eyeball. So. <laughs> Hot sauce on your burrito. Oh. What was what was the the fruit that they were? Cutting? That wasn't a well. Actually, or technically, it is a. It's, it's fruit. a melon. A melon. It was a squash. Squash. It's like a pumpkin. Okay, so we see they're feeding him by. We see how they they prepare the meal with a katana, of course. which, by the way, we all know is Japanese resort. <laughs> yes. 
and he slices it like quarters it with like one swipe. Yeah, That's how amazing the swordman! Of course, he's, he's he's like Yoda. He's this little tiny guy. You're like that guy couldn't be a swordsman. I like how you said that because it does remind me of that game that Luke plays to train with the lightsaber, where the thing yeah. floats around and he yeah tries to block all the blows. Um, I do I do like that they're te- he is just blinded, and they throw a gourd by his face, and he doesn't know what's happening. And everybody in town is watching. They all just laugh at well, him. Well, don't they put a snake in his face? They do that too. Because they're the machine. It's really early on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what the fuck is that? I mean, okay, so maybe they see a little bit of color because <laughs> they want to get they want to get one over on the white man, but or the guy Shen. As you pointed out, if you like the fact this is a very tight, like five minute, like. We how he learns all his skills. You know, we don't waste time like a half now. Now a movie be a half an hour. Yeah, learn. we already know how we feel about backstory. Jack, how you feel about a five minute backstory? Less gabbing, more stabbing. That's how I feel about it. Like, let's just get to the point. You know, exactly. The sword point. Uh, yeah. Thank you. You're just getting right in here on this slapstick sword point. Beautiful to the to the to the detail. Is there? Why does he need to learn to use a sword? I don't like. I don't know what was the impetus Murray, for him learning. You, you have to hand a blind man an M sixteen. I mean, I think that's yeah. what it comes down to. You have to to limit the 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 reach of the accidental carnage, you know, to the end of a sword blade. Right. But I I do like. I have to say the scene where the the little sword master guy has him sort of wrap yeah. his body around him and kind of learn the movements. I just like thought that it's just kind of really well done. Like, how would you teach a guy who can't watch you demonstrate yeah. how to do these, like, sword maneuvers? Well, you have him literally kind of, like, touch your whole body and just feel your limbs and the muscles in your arms and how they're moving in the joint. So for, for a goofy movie filled with 44 magnums and mullets and shotguns and cigars and sword fights, like this is just one of those little cool details that someone had to sit down and think like, how would we train a blind man to fight with a sword? And they come up with an idea that you're like, okay, that actually, I, I like it. This isn't completely ridiculous. So it's just one of these little gem moments in this movie that I just you adore. Are a hundred percent on the it like, all, same page. It, I thought that was fucking beautiful. It also took him 20 years. So it makes sense because we don't know how long he stays in Vietnam. We just know that 20 years later, he winds up in Miami. Well, we feel it was 20 years. That yeah. was the gap. Okay, yeah. so I can accept that. It took him that long to train well, yes. and everything. I would be amazed that even a blind man in 20 years could learn to do what he does. Because he becomes Daredevil in this movie. His, yeah. His, his, his senses right. are so heightened. Yeah. I was like, was there some like well, radioactive napalm that got Daredevil spending half his time learning the law, you know, reading Braille and everything. Rucker's spending all of his time learning the blade. All right, he's probably cutting everybody's hair. He needs to cut his hair. He he knows his hair gets longer and he gets a beard. And it, it was I was touching his ear. I didn't like that. I know. But Rucker was he ever in a Viking movie? Because he had a fucking gnarly ass Viking look going on with that fucking beard. Well. Has he ever been? Maybe maybe a really bad one. But I mean, there's flesh and blood where he's a he's a uh, Alamskinek mercenary, so that's European, and 
But he should have uh, had a beard. Well, and then there's Lady Hawk, where he's uh, Navarre, which is he's like a French knight. So this is not his first uh, rodeo when it comes to sword play in terms of his career. Because I think both of those came before this movie. So okay. this is at yeah. least the third movie in which he's been uh, a sword swinging protagonist. Would you say this is his best for the sword technique? I think it's just different. Like the, when you're when you're doing the sort of like katana style sword play. Well, I mean, I, I have issues with the whole reversed sword technique. Yeah. It, it drives me nuts. If we ever uh, do a discussion of the hunted uh there's a lot of reversed sword technique in it which is just so stupid looking it does nothing for you the only way it works is because you're holding that cane like a walking stick and you can draw it straight up and out without reversing your hand to draw it like you would put a normal sword but that's like the only advantage it gives you is like that one instant where you pull it out no one realized that it was a sword to begin with Beyond that, it, it's terrible. You don't get reach. You don't get speed. You don't get control. You don't get strength. Like you just you make yourself a weaker sword fighter in every possible way. And the fact that he just keeps using that move over and over, it's like he hits a guy, and you're like, you know what? That guy's wearing like a trench coat and like some other heavy clothing. That sword is probably not even going to get through it because you're basically just kind of wiping the blade across it. You're not putting oh, any yeah. for energy behind it. Uh, but Did it doesn't say- matter because it just looks so good. It looks so cool. He's leaping around. He's dynamic. He's slicing off hands and arms. Would you say it's the sword equivalent of the John Woo shooting the gun sideways move? <laughs> Where- yeah, it is. It looks cool, but like it gives you absolutely no advantage whatsoever. I even, before we you know, decided to do this episode or, you know, when we knew we were going to do it, but didn't have a time, I, I went online and I started digging around to find any information on like actual uh, Kenjutsu or Kendo or, you know, techniques that would use this. And the only place where it ever comes up is just sort of a surprise draw. Like it's one cut. And like beyond that, you would never, kind of fight like that because it just gives you no advantage whatsoever that having the sword like a normal grip was you know the katana is built to be used in like a really specific way because it has one edge the point is sort of a you know done in a very specific style and like you know you wield it in a very particular manner and turning it upside down and wielding 180 degrees the wrong way like, does you no favors whatsoever. So I'm getting that out of the way. I'll shut up now. <laughs> but, well, like, it looks cool on the screen. It's just, like leaping around, slashing people's arms off and chopping them in the face and the groin and all that. But, like, it, it, it's goofy. It's goofy. I mean, that's how Roroni Kenshin <laughs> did it. Who? an anime oh (laughs) (laughs) jack gets it all right so we see his progression because each time we see him cut a little bit more of that squash yeah he cuts it he cuts just a little bit of it off just the nub of it and then he cuts like it in half and finally after i love the fact that the, the most beautiful thing about him having to train while draping over the man he's literally draping over him because rucker's six foot nine we all know this he's a giant of a man 
and this is like a, a little uh he's, you know he's three foot eight he's so. three foot eight so he's completely <laughs> his knees are touching the ground and he's just kind of trying to do the motions with them it's beautiful and like that last scene when like the training is done he uh like pulls his arm like moves his arm to like caress the guy's head and pull him into oh, his face yeah. and hug him and yeah no. I just I I love Rucker. That was, that was a Ruckerism. I love Rucker because it's, it's called like an the, audible with that. It's one. like the human connection that Rucker always goes for. He did it in the Hitcher with yeah. the little girl. Like he always goes in and brings people to him. And I love that about Rucker. He's not a he's not a like no. I'll call you. He's very he, J- uh, Joe Biden about it. He's like the touch. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's not go full Joe Biden here. Let's not go full Biden. <laughs> so finally. <laughs> <laughs> he quarters it. So now we know he's he's learned all you can about swords. Yeah. He's a master. Everybody in the town clapping their ass off. They They're even so give fun. him the so the one town uh sword. They give it to him. The most perfect sword, too. Yeah. Because yeah. it's, it's hidden in a cane. A yeah. blind man's cane. And you know what? We've just spent, let's see, <laughs> 30 minutes in the top half to get through one paragraph of the story. <laughs> I told you. I told you. <laughs> Put on your catheters, everybody. Oh, boy. If you didn't already have them on. 20 years later, we're in Florida. I, I don't know. Is this you? I think you've said it. Is this a Zargatha situation? Did he hop out of truck? Did he just somehow? No, cross? he just. I don't know. Maybe they, <laughs> they, they they pushed. They saw a white man sit, pushed him toward him. You know, I don't know. And then he was like, hey, fellow white man, let me take you back to the States. <laughs> well, I think he could leave anytime he wanted, but he wanted oh, no, to Oh, no, I wasn't saying they were keeping them there. But you say they went to, like, the 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 town square and a white guy saw him and was like, hey, you should be in Florida. What are you doing here? The logistics of it aren't important. All that we need to know is that somehow he's made it around the globe. And uh, also, like, where where does he get the Walkman? <laughs> You know what it is? <laughs> Rambo got him out, dude. There we go. Ooh, Rambo. Rambo two and a half. They, they fit it go. in somewhere. <laughs> so while we know he's in Florida, he's got the awful, very 90s fucking baggy pants with a fitted waist. He's got the fucking baggy uh, trench coat on. He is blind. <laughs> he, he looks like Connor McCloud. Like, yeah, you know, in a terrible fashion. Oh. All right. You got the Chuck Taylors on. Look, we got to go through a, a little sidebar. Who's winning that fight? Connor McLeod. Well, Connor can see, and he's immortal. So I'm going with We've Connor seen McLeod. him. Look, we watch him fight Sho Kazugi later on. Right. So we know he's got fucking style, and he's got uh, uh, a great, great defensive and offensive. I, I never saw uh, Rucker behead anybody in this movie. So that's the only way he's going to beat Connor. Right. So I'm, I'm giving it to Connor. You're giving it to Connor. Yeah. Connor. I know this is Rucker Hour month, but Connor's immortal. And he's been fighting for hundreds of years. 20 versus hundreds. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd have to agree because all Connor McLeod is going to do is let Nick stab him. And Nick's just be like, haha. And then Connor McLeod will kill him. Yeah. He'll just you trap know- the blade in his own body and then, boom, it's done. That's how I, I guess I kind of imagined it of a game recognizing game situation where Connor wouldn't pull a trick like that. Because I gotta say, I'm not impressed by Connor's sword skills at oh, all. They're absolutely awful. Thank <laughs> you. I like the man is immortal though. I love yeah, the Highlander movie, but yeah, yeah. Okay. Anyways, sidebar over. <laughs> so we get a nice shot of some dog shit. He walks over <laughs> it. 
we know that he he's got special powers. He's Daredevil. <laughs> Daredevil, yes. Because he the alligator's a dog, you know. Right. Yeah. It's very cute. Again, playing into that kind of uh, wholesome comedy of this movie. Right, exactly. Nice yeah. doggy. So he walks by a bar. He smells it. He smells the, the fresh burrito scents coming off it. Oh like, yeah, I need a burrito. I I went straight back to the Hitcher because what was the theme of that movie? Walk five minutes, you'll <laughs> find a gas station with the with some kind of right. restaurant. These actually work. These aren't like abandoned. They are because this isn't the Twilight Zone town that was the Hitcher's world. This is real world. So there's some local toughs that are harassing people and they're fucking with people. As as you do when you see someone who's vulnerable, who's blind, you got to harass him. You have you to. have to fuck with him. Yeah. So uh, Rucker Nick sits down at the bar, orders himself a burrito. Yep. And the guy's like, hey, you want some sauce with it? Let me help you out, friend. I see uh, that burrito. It's a little bland. Let me get you the hot sauce. What Are you a hot or are you a mild man? <laughs> and I, Rucker is played. He's just like, oh, my heart can't stand that heat. I got to have the mild. He's been eating that spicy Vietnamese food for 20 years. I oh, mean, yeah. I didn't even think about that. He's probably yeah. so much heat. I didn't even get. Oh my god, the right. level of genius happening get here! Get your fucking Tex-Mex shit out of here. That ain't nothing. No, this is floor Mex. As saying. in, it's Mexican food off a floor because it's not Tex-Mex. You think it'd be Cuban because they're in Florida? Oh yeah, you, yeah, yeah. Really. They're in the Panhandle. <laughs> are, are they? I thought they were in Miami. <laughs> I don't know. They're in Miami. That's they're in Miami. That's Shit. Of course they're in Miami. That's a drug capital of the world. Oh, so. that's a good point. So yeah, so he's like, let me help you out there. And of course we know he you got you get you see a blind man, you gotta fuck with him. So you gotta fuck with him. Throw that hot as shit atomic. The the bottle ball. had uh like a devil on it. Right. So you know it pours it onto that burrito shit. too. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah, that sad was, burrito. That was that. That was just like a folded tortilla. It's like the a tiny sprinkling of filling. Like I had a burrito before I got on here. A delicious chicken burrito, and it was fantastic in all possible ways. And then what, I, I saw the that sauce? moment. You had the, the hot or the mild? Oh yeah, no, no. I I applied the hot sauce. So all right, I'm, I'm, I'm fiery and fueled and raring to go. And it felt like it was an appropriate dinner tribute to this movie. Are we talking feel- Valen- Valencia hot sauce? What kind of hot sauce are we talking here? Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, it's, I'm embarrassing myself here. It's Frank's Red Hot. It's my favorite hot sauce. Like I will eat the hot sauces, like some real hot sauces. But when it comes to just everyday dining, you, you I just want a little the- bit of Frank's or Cholula, or you know, I'm not a Tabasco I, guy. Like yeah. that just doesn't doesn't do it for me. You know, but so I just like carry I, a bottle of Franks with you just to make sure. What is Hillary Clinton <laughs> carrying his hot sauce with him? I've known. Yeah, people I keep a bottle at work. Um, I know that on the internet somewhere you can buy uh, hot sauce bottle uh, holsters for your belt. Oh it's, Jesus! No, it's apparently a thing. Yes, you can do that. I've seen it. Yeah. Well, this no. goon he he just unloads with fucking Satan's fiery anus, fucking hot sauce all over that burrito. Oh my it god! Says, Bone appetite. Bone apple tea. Apple tea. And he bites right into that pathetic burrito, like Jack said. Yeah. And he goes. <gasps> he start. Yeah, he starts making some very awful noises and everything, but then he just 
calms himself. Serenity now. Serenity now. And he just chews it up. He turns over to the direction he thinks the guy's in. He's like, hmm. It's not bad. I think I need a little. Wait, no, that's what I want. He busts out the line. But oh, my God, that line is so good. He no sells it. He watched that Dark Side of the Wrestling, right, Dark well, Side he, of the Ring yeah, episode. He's, like, he's no selling everything, even his blindness. He, he knows he could kill these guys at any moment. Well, yeah. But he's, but he's like acting like he's just like just got blind. Like he's looking like at the opposite direction. The guy's talking. You're right. Rucker. Fucking he's playing dumb it. blind. He killed it as a blind guy. Yeah. He is playing very goofy. You're right. You're right. And he's like, how about something more macho? Ooh. <laughs> Love it. And they just, I guess they just shuts him down because then they immediately make a beeline for this poor woman and start harassing her. Well, he's tougher than the average hombre. So they're just like, look, there's this attractive young lady who just came in with a very pink coach purse so let's just let's just harass her and they're like this is got engaged that toxic masculinity right there you've triggered them and like they they've got to they've got to act out they have to display their 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 plumage you know it's exactly it act out they do they start playing chick uh, monkey in the middle with the fucking purse and then they just throw it at it to like emasculate uh rucker they throw it at him and he picks it up and is like, uh, yeah, he, he kind of like senses it and then he uses his cane to kind of like scoop it up or staff, whatever you want to call it, walking stick. We know it's a sword, everybody. Uh, and he picks up the purse and he's like feeling it. And he's like, did somebody lose their purse? And uh, did he, did he, uh, yeah, he embarrass the goon? He by being insinuated like, that's, that's, that's a goon's purse. Yeah, I and like of course, it. That, the, the fiery Latin people, they ready to fight. And I love this because he's been playing Mr. Magoo. And so they're just like, we're going to fucking cut the shit out of Magoo here. But he's fallen into the trap, the Rucker trap. And it's so good. Right. And I I like like you said, Mr. Magoo, because he Mr. Magoo kicks their ass. Like he's still playing like a doofus kind of blind guy. Like Like, every uh, blow he lands is accidental. Right. Oh, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Like, yeah. Drops the banana peel and they slip on it. Oh, I my bad. Didn't mean to do that. Hot sauce in the eyes. Oh, sorry. Did you need the mild? It's good shit. He takes the goons out and then he walks off in, into the sunset. So now we cut to we're Reno, where all the high rollers go. Yeah, to die because it's a horrible shithole. And we see a guy being. Have you even been to Reno? I shot. I went there to shoot a man. Just watch him die in Reno. I, you, you beat me to it. That was going to be my line. You know, that, Reno yeah, really needs to lean into that. that sucks. They the need to lean into that branding. And just be like, Come here, shoot a man, watch him die, go to jail. <laughs> That's the Reno experience. Not if it's a cop that you shoot. I hear it should be, instead of Westworld, it should be Reno World, where you can, you know, travel there and dress up and just shoot people okay. for fun. But it's okay, because they're robots. I'm going with you. I would like that more than Westworld. This is where we meet Frank Devereaux, who is the nom friend of Rucker, Nick. And he's being, he's a, he's a degenerate, he's a coward that runs away from battle and leaves his friends to be blinded. He's also a degenerate gambler. And he owes this casino a shit ton of money. So what they do... And he ran out of his family. Yes. So what do you do? You, you hang him over the roof of your Skyrise. Yeah. And we see... that We got a, we get a glimpse of Randall Tex Cobb, classic 80s goon. It's looking good. 
playing a guy named Slag. Sl- perfect villain name. <laughs> I love it. And they're just like, where's our money? And he, he's like, I'll get you your money. Don't worry about it. And like, you're going to design us some drugs. Yeah. Because somehow he's this brilliant chemist now. Like he, he in Nam, he was all about making bombs. That was his thing. But now, yes. he's, now he can make any kind of designer drug you want. Well, you know, he's, no. he's the Walter White of the 80s, played by uh, Terry O'Quinn, known as, I guess he's probably most famous as Locke on Lost. And that guy played Locke? Yes. He had, I never watched it. I just know that name. Well, he did play him. He also played the stepfather in uh, that movie we watched, where <laughs> the kid superimposed the faces on top of each other. Remember that? I do, but I don't remember that movie. I do <laughs> yeah. know exactly. Oh, we were watching that here. We haven't covered it, though. Yeah, that stepfather. It was stepfather three or four. (laughs) Anyway, another another fucking tangent. Three hours, people. Three hours. Too much fun. He just he's like, you're gonna make me uh, McCready, the guy who owns the casino. It's like you're gonna make me my designer drug. So we're now we're setting it up. We we know where Frank is. He's in Reno. I love this because we cut away from the scene and it's just like Mister Devereaux, 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 and we fade into Rucker rolling into. Some town, he's fingering. Miami, a, yeah. He's fingering a mailbox, and we see like a, as his hand goes over was the letter. Was it or was it just like painted on there? Somehow he could descend. He's like he's literally like Daredevil. He can feel the paint. And it's, see. This is Jack's movie. Jack, what, what kind of letters are we talking about here? Oh my god! You're gonna ask me? It's just the power of his supernatural senses. His his sense of touch. His his sense of geolocation. He probably travels via the energy of the ley lines. He can actually pick that up. Like little oh, vibrations shit. along the hairs of his forearms, like you know, oh my like an God. ant. He can he can read it. He just knows where he's going. I mean, he somehow manages to get himself all the way across the continental United States. You know, yeah. Walks along this road. I mean, is he stopping every five minutes? Hey, do you know where Frank Devereux lives? Like, you but know, he makes it there. And then there's the moment where where something falls from the sky and he just snatches it. Like he can, you know, that's something air displacement. You know, that something was Jack. It was a triceratops or no, Griff would say an elephant, a pig or a uh, rhino. It was a triceratops. Yeah, dinosaur. I mean, now I, did you know for the very minute? Yes, exactly. Cause yes. They, saw, they show a close, <laughs> they show a close up of that little fuck Billy. He's painting Billy on the belly of the Triceratops. Yeah. He's carving Billy into it. You motherfucker. Yeah. No, he wasn't. Yeah. I mean, was he, might have, he might have carved it in. He, maybe he was like doing a, like a wash over it to like okay. fill it in. But yeah, because that's why I was like, you know, you might be right. You might have carved it. And then he's just washed I mean, it. Because I was like, how is he going to feel Billy on the yeah, belly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, he's a butterfinger, so it falls out of the window. I love how that worked out because he's like eight feet away from the window. <laughs> and then there's just that happens to be that little awning part. So it bounces off of that. And again, I mean, maybe he can read a flat letter because he just Daredevil could. So, he just yeah. feels and he could. Yeah, he could. He could feel like the ink, the impressions of the ink. Really? Well, he had actual superpowers. Well, right, yeah. right. I get yeah. it, but still. Oh my god, this movie! And so he feels the air, and he's just like something's charging towards me, and he just sticks his hand out, and right there, boom, pig yeah. <laughs> goes <laughs> to the door, knocks on it, and we meet the wasted, wasted roll 
We see Meg Foster. I feel like you guys were talking about this when I was testing the audio. What was going on with Meg Foster in this? She, she looked rough. Well, she's she's known for having super intense blue eyes. So okay. That's her thing. Her and it was all like dueling beautiful blue eyes because we had Rutgers beautiful blue eyes yeah. and we had hers. Well, I get more of that Fender Tremelo vibe off her. Kinda, yeah. And uh, I feel she was robbed of a career just because it's like she's otherwise a very normally conventionally attractive woman, but just her eyes are so disconcertingly unusual that I feel that just like no one knew how to cast her properly because you can't put this woman in like a normal role for an entire film without it being just weird. So I don't know. I think the poor Meg Foster just life gave her lemons and she was able to make a little lemonade, but that lemonade stand did not do as well as it should have. Um, and I'm just looking at it now, and he he's carving it into the clay of the dinosaur with like oh, a little clay scooping tool, like you'd use back in back in art class. Well, you know who actually did cast Meg Foster, right? Uh, Golden Globus when they cast her in He Man, Master of the Universe, and she played that Evil right. Witch. So see, it watch. works in that role because it's like yeah. a a slightly disconcerting supernatural kind of look, and I think her eyes like a mom. Cool. I mean, I yeah. she should, she should play vampires and shit, you know. Yeah, I could see that. That's the problem. I think it, it, it's the time that she was an actress. We just weren't making like a tons of sort of like weird fantasy movies or or superhero type stuff like today. You could cast her like that and it'd be like, oh, this is great. We don't have to CGI her eyes to look like weird oh. and sorceress. Like she's just doing it all natural. Unfortunately, um, like she's in this for five minutes, totally wasted opportunity. Frankly, I'm going to say it right now. Maybe this will cost me uh, followers on Twitter, but little snot-nosed kid should have been the one who who gets it and, you know, gets wasted. And, you know, Meg Foster should have been the one who Nick takes cross-country to see Frank. Like, shoot the kid, save the mom. Like That's how we should have done the script. It would have been a hundred times better. I would have liked it. Yeah, we're all in agreement. Fuck yeah. this kid. Yeah. I, shit. No, I don't I don't care for this kid at all. So Frank's like, I'm looking not Frank, Frank. Nick, I'm looking for Frank Devereaux. And she's like, uh, he's not here anymore. We we're separated. He's like, Well, I served with him in Spartan Squad back in the NOM. And I think we were saying how he, he bailed on uh on Nick. Yeah. I'm getting mm-hmm. some, uh Matrix vibes off of You're Frank. getting the Matrix. Frank and- was like I'm not comfortable with my sexuality. Like he, he, you know, he thought he found himself, and he's like, "No, I have to, I have to be what a real man is." And then he runs away and leaves his buddy to die. That explains it. And Reno, of course, has very you know, like they have the family restaurants by day, kink bar by night type places. So Frank probably got in there until he was able to get in his like kind That's of probably what it. the real trouble is. You know, he's worried that they were going to send pictures. So how does that him. explain Annie? Beard? Beard, 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 beard. Okay, beard, beard. beard. <laughs> We're all in agreement. So she she lets him in. He just says, "Hey, well, he's blind, so I guess she she doesn't like. She, she's not afraid of this guy. She's like, what can a blind man do? Little did she know. 
Can we? Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, Jack. This is going to be a me and Murray conversation because I don't think you've watched Forever Nights Blind <laughs> uh, Faith episode. <laughs> I have not. I have not. Okay. Well, you will after you listen to our Dippy Tap episode coming to you soon. I can't um, wait. So we accidentally stumbled on another uh, show where it just so happened the plot involved a blind woman, except all of her friends bailed on her because they were like, we don't like being friends with a cripple being that wow. she was blind. And in this movie, everybody embraces Rucker. Well, because Rucker is magnetic. You can't help but embrace Rucker, huh? So I just, I kind of appreciate that at least these people aren't complete monsters like Tracy, the fucking villain <laughs> of our t- next Tippy Tap. <laughs> right. Our, the tippy Look t- for it yeah. Sunday. So, yeah, so she invites him in, offers him some coffee. Billy, what, why did Billy have Coke sniffles? Like, what was going on? Like, why was that a, a plot point for like five? It's seconds? a terrible plot point. He's got allergies. All it does is make him even more annoying. <laughs> well, like, it, he's constantly rubbing and sniffling and just looking like this disgusting little germ factory of a child. And he's yeah, literally snot nosed. He should have just had that nose blown away by a load of double up buckshot. You know, like thirty seconds into this confrontation. The Billy no, and the Billy just paints the walls with his brains. It's, he's done. <laughs> wow. And then Whoa. it's, you know, Rucker Howard and Meg Foster on a romantic cross-country journey. Uh, you know, where instead of a, a, you know, surrogate father relationship, it becomes this budding romance. Like, that's where this movie should have gone. But then they wouldn't care about Frank. They would just go off and do their thing, you know? I mean, well, you have to care about Frank as this sort of, like platonic detail that you need to take care of you know they both love him but in, in a aromantic fashion and you know i guess you can make it work like, like get me a case of bourbon and the script and a typewriter i'll sit down i'll work this out I'll, i will after it but it, i it'll like, happen because uh sorry i'm gonna jump ahead but frank or uh nick admits that his mission was to find frank to tell him he forgives him so yeah. it still works. It's like, hey, I forgive right. you. Also, man, your wife's got a <laughs> call, sweet can. Call back to Forever Night. The person who got fucked is the most forgiving character. Yes. You guys, Sunday, look for it. <laughs> so, yeah. So can we point out, Billy is the most 1990 outfit on. Yes. Acid wash jeans. <laughs> gigantic size clown tennis shoes (laughs) like these gigantic fucking tennis shoes and like a rugby shirt or something and he's got fucking annoying blonde mullets well if you're paying close attention that's the same rugby shirt that john DeHart wears (laughs) yes it is it's like rugby right across it and and he comes the first thing he does is flip off this fucking blind guy and then tries to punch him He goes up and tests his uh, his metal. He tries to punch him in the face, and he catches it. And he's like, you need to go blow your nose, son. Yeah, because he catches it effortlessly. And he's like, oh. fucks off. Oh, my God. And so we come back, and, of course, now she, uh, uh, Meg Ryan or whatever we said her name was. Meg Foster. She comes Meg Foster. Lynn she's, is her character. She's got, Lynn has got the full, like, tea set. She was just right. like, oh, wow, tea? Oh, okay. So apparently she's been waiting for this moment for a real classy man who is willing right. to sit down and have a conversation with a woman who, a single who, mother. Who has needs. Who has needs. Yeah. 
And he's doing the whole fucking karate kid ceremony with the T's, like doing whole circular motions, half crescent, quarter moon, waxing gibbous. And she is impressed. I read those eyes. I'm not afraid of those eyes. Those are great eyes. They are great eyes. And she explains, like, Frank and I are divorced. He bailed on us. And then we get a ring at the door. No, it wasn't even a ring, was it? Didn't he just sense somebody? He did. Yeah, he did like a pressure somebody. plate, lit, like got, was just slightly weighed down, and he was just like, "So, Lynn, tell me, are you expecting anybody? Like, you got a boyfriend in your life? What are you? What are you talking about? Well, there's somebody at your door. Knock, knock, and it's the police, the popo, and they're like, "Ma'am, we need to see your son, Billy. We can't explain. We just need to see him." Man, this is like Griff PD because as soon as the door opens, they're in. They just pushed right through. No. They're like, "Who's this in this picture? You guys drinking tea? That's for that's for the that's for the gays, all right." And we're, 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 thinking, we're I'm sorry, we're in '89. We're thinking these are legit cops, and then we see Slag rolling. Oh my god! And he just immediately goes for the CDs, rifling through them. Like, like got this, need this. Got hey, this, at least he this. stayed in the living room. I thought he'd be type creep. But he go. did. It, it, he didn't even take his shoes off. He was just rubbing fucking. He had muddy shoes on. He was just being a dick. It wasn't even muddy out. He made his own mud. Yes, he literally just stepped in. Like there was a sprinkler purpose. going off on the neighbor's yard, and he went over and stomped in the ground to get mud. It's that kind of villain, everybody. That's why uh, Randall Tex Cobb is one of the greatest villains of all time. I'm looking at that moment right now on my screen, and he's also just like all sweaty and kind of disgusting looking at the same time. So he's just like sweat like running down his forehead, and he's got his hair all slicked back. Like these guys, they, they, for a bunch of you know violent thug like criminals, like they're, they're kind of sweating this uh, little this little trip. All they got to do is grab a kid. Suddenly, I boom. Do- Rucker Howard is like the, the, you know, the monkey wrench and the gears, and they don't know what to do. Who is this man? to stick. Why is he wearing this fly fisherman's vest, like over a striped dress shirt? Like, like I, I can't explain his outfit. It does. I'm looking at it right now. I think I actually own that dress shirt. Yes. I think I might with the double white stripe. Like, I think I've got that hanging in my closet right now. Amazing. I am not going to wear that ever again. Now that I've been oh come out. on, you got you got to go full on, get the yellow Walkman, and get the big old hat and the I whatever. I could do a Nick cosplay. There we go. I, I, that's what I want to see. Nick couldn't see it, but I can see it, and I want. If see the fans it. demand it, I'm going to have to make it happen. Oh well, I mean, if me and Murray demanded, does that count as double? <laughs> um, <laughs> I've got the Zatoichi sword, so that also like adds to the authenticity of it all it's all coming together i um i i just oh man i had something it's just gone it's just gone my brain is <laughs> the going solution is we're in florida that's why everyone's sweaty that that makes sense <laughs> yeah. it's hard work in a of this caliber as well so they just it's like Okay, they're cops, and then they just say, "Fuck it, we're just going to be like henches." We're not like we took all the trouble of getting these disguise. I'm assuming they're in disguise. These aren't real cops. And then they're just like, "Fuck it, just grab the kid." Like, what? What's the whole? Why go through the whole thing of being dressed like cops if you're going to immediately drop it in like five seconds? Yeah. And so Billy, or, 
like, God damn it with these names. Nick gets up and he's doing Mr. Magoo act again. Right. Everybody, I think we can sit down with a nice cup of tea. <laughs> he and spills talk. the tea on him. Yeah. Yeah. Just talk this over like gentlemen. And they don't care for his uh, Jimmy Stewart, you know, pacifism here. So they fucking uh, pull slag, I think, is the first guy. He pulls out a shotgun or yeah. do they smack a lin around or something they smack her around then he grabs the shotgun and just blasts her like boom kills oh, her immediately right and you're like because i mean i mean meg foster's not a superstar but she's a well enough name that you're like holy shit they're just gonna kill her off in the first like five minutes yeah she know? gets five minutes on here right and then it's like but there, it was like i said we were talking about the tone there's no blood though it's like black or mm-hmm. like when she gets shot and then then must have been a tulpa nick goes into action <laughs> <laughs> starts Nick goes into action, starts slicing and a dice. He's cutting statues off. He's cutting hands off. Yeah, hands come off. Slashes the black dude. Yeah, they, he like pushes the black dude into an office and like cuts him, and then comes back around the corner because he's looking for slag. And then there's a moment where the black dude, like a zombie, is coming on him with like a pair of scissors or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He just, I think he does one of those like backhanded like stabs, like uh, Jack hates so much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just, I just watched it. Sorry, I've got this <laughs> running in the background. And yeah, he slashes at him like four times, all with the sword reversed. So it's just this super awkward, swoopy figure eight kind of maneuver, and you're like. Oh, man, I suppose it looks great, but oh yeah, now he's fighting Randall. Takes but it was Sorry, scary I'm... enough for Slag because he just jumps out a window and takes off. <laughs> and then Lynn, with her dying breath, he's like, "Please take Billy to his father in Reno." <laughs> and he's got to. He's, you can't. You can't deny a dying person's request. I mean, it helps that he was already going in that direction. <laughs> Well, we don't know. Maybe he was just shrug his shoulders. He's like, I made it here. I don't really need to see Frank. You know, okay. Maybe he wanted to leave the message with his wife. You know, like, hey, his ex wife. Yeah. No, I just, I just hurt my neck. <laughs> what is this? Rutger Mud? Rutger Mud is trying to kill me. I told you. We're the only people that can do this. If we survive to the end of this three hour podcast, fuck so, me. you know, he's, he, he's, he hasn't worked in 20 years, so he doesn't have any money. They got to go, they got to ride a bus. They got to do the cross country thing. I was getting, you know what? Think about annoying kids. I'm getting a real over the top vibe off of this shit. Like the kid, the kid is super fucking annoying and a douchebag. And they got it instead of a truck, they got to take a bus across country. I think this kid would, if it was two years later they made this movie, this would be Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Oh my totally. God. You're right. You're he right. He was a total home improvement kid. Yeah. yeah. What if they casted Tim Allen to be huh? the blind swordsman? That would be awesome. <laughs> and so they get on, they get on a bus, and like it's the classic like, okay, he just grabs Billy and runs and runs out. And it's the classic like, I can't tell you right now. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. okay, I accept that. Stranger, kids love blind people. They'll follow them anywhere. He doesn't. He flipped the fucking blind guy off the first moment he met him. That was him being, uh, you know, a scamp, as they called the kids. Ooh, is that yes, that is a it. lovable scamp. There we go. Yeah, it's like a little rascal. <laughs> so, which one, Spanky? <laughs> Alfalfa. Alfalfa. He looks more like a dingus. You know, like Alfalfa. 
So we go to the bus station. We get a little like he's about to rat out uh, Nick. Like this isn't my father. This, this guy kidnapped me. But he's like, I'm gonna go along. I trust this guy because he's blind. This kid, he's so sick of being stuck in his house with his mom with his allergies. Yeah, he wants to get out of Florida. The allergies been, are killing. He's him. been carving up animals he doesn't even recognize. Like what is this? A pig? An elephant? Rhinoceros? I don't even know. But I'm gonna lay claim to it and carve my name into it. So. He's like ready for this hobo adventure, and he's he's like, all right, if he's, we're he's getting, gonna meet him halfway, I'm gonna meet you halfway. But if we're getting that bus together, I get the window seat because look, you're blind, you can't even see. <laughs> Ooh, a little burn because he said, "Look, you're blind." Yeah. Oh, look, you're blind. Wow. So they get on the bus, like immediately billy's man spreading all over the place he started man spreading yeah i mean we don't know about it we don't do well, public you, transportation see, you see how gigantic his shoes were they can't fit the clown I mean, shoes yeah, yeah. <laughs> jack uh what what happens to someone who man spreads like this on public transport it, it, no one likes it no one likes it at all like it, it, and you know it it is a thing like it absolutely is like you, you might think that it's some sort of like urban hyperbole, but when you take public transportation, there's always that one dude who has to be like it, his knees need to be further width apart than his shoulders by a wide yeah. margin or sit so that his legs are like stretched out into the aisle. So you've got to step over them and like they always no, they don't make eye contact. They're just like on their phone or staring yep. off into space. And it's like, dude, you know exactly what you're doing. You're just being an asshole yes. for for the sake of being an asshole. Like no one likes you. This is just your assholeish defiance of the world. Um. So no, they're universally reviled and hated. And I have no problem. Just like. Oops, sorry, I didn't mean to kick you right in the ankle, but I'm trying to get past your giant sneakers or your asshole backpack, which is sticking out into the aisle, preventing anyone from getting by you. Like That's why when I get on the Twitters at 9.30 in the morning every morning, I'm seething with rage already. It's because I've just <laughs> taken a half-hour trolley ride into work. I that fuels I... my hate fire. Like... We're, of course, in Michigan where everybody drives. Every single – if you're thinking trucks are getting wider, it's because they are. It's because we manspread when we drive. So the gas pedal is, like, so far away from the actual door now because we got to manspread while we drive. It's just what we got to do. But when I travel to a place with public transport, I already know how to disarm the situation, Murray. You want me to tell you how you do it? You get right into that manspreader's ear or women's spreader, all right? Anybody who's spreading. Person spreader. Person spreader. They, them spreader. You just get in there and you say, meet me halfway. And you know what they do? Close their legs. Halfway? Halfway. Okay. Enough room for you to sit down comfortably. I'm going to try that the next time and see how that works. I'll report back to you. <laughs> if you get harmed. Just get right up on it. You... Slowly whisper. Meet me halfway. If you get harmed, I'll pay half your bills because I'll meet you halfway. <laughs> so, uh... I'll just lean it. Griff says, meet me halfway. <laughs> yeah, just preface it by saying Griff says. So you're, <laughs> you know. So, okay. So they're, they're gone their journey. Oh, Cut to we're Frank. going to Hitcherland. Frank is in Reno and he's locked up in a suite. 
a woman shows up. She's got the sexy Playboy uh, club outfit kind on. She, she looks like Zatanna from the comic book. I was gonna say earlier, yeah, Zatanna. Yeah. And it was, she got glasses though, so we know you know what that means, Griff. It means she's smart. You put a glasses on somebody, they're smart. I thought it meant they were a geek. She's not some dumb ditz, you know, waitress. She's smart. She's working for her PhD in anthropology. I, I will say I did like her style later. I didn't like the jean skirt, but I liked the, the shirt. So apparently she has a relationship with – she's the new squeeze of Frank. Wait, Frank's got multiple squeeze? Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. A geek like him? Yeah. He's got classic horseshoe. He's banging ladies. Apparently. Wait, and so you're telling like, me in the 80s people were into the brains? She's trying. No. She's <laughs> trying to talk him into doing the designer drugs. She's like, look, you don't fuck with a guy like McCready. He People owe McCready <clears throat> money. They pay. Are you trying to say she said, look, man, you cross the McCready's, you're going to pay. Exactly. So he's kind of like, God, man, I guess I'm going to have to, you know, just do it. He doesn't want to. He's moral objections. He's, he just say no, Nancy Reagan. But he's, he might have to do it. I mean, <laughs> I, I kind of think I'm on, I'm sorry. I'm on the casino guys. Like he, he, is, he does owe the money. They didn't rip him off. Yeah. I don't know what to think about this situation he, and either. We, and he also bailed. He's got a piece of a shit. He's a piece he, of shit. He kind of is like, this is life kicking him in the face because he's reality bad. kicking him in the face. Is yeah. it reality? Yeah. He's a piece of shit. Jack, what's your feelings on uh, Frank Devereaux? I wish he died by the end of the movie, actually. I'm I think you. he should. I think there should have been no redemption arc for him. I he, is, he is just this like piece of shit. Like he, he, you know, runs out on his wife. He ran out on Nick. He ran out on the kid. And now he's like crying. It's like, yeah, you, you owe money to an organized crime boss. Of course, he wants you to make designer drugs. Like make the drugs, you idiot. You know, you, you sleep in the bed you have made, you degenerate. Fuck. I'm willing but, to go as far as death is too good for him. Wow. Should he be blinded? Should that he? That's a, that's a little too on point, I think. Oh, I, I think he should have fallen into the acid bath. Oh, oh I can't oh, wait for that. Oh, for some reason, the fight like takes place, like it shifts into like a fashion factory and, you know. That he just drops so in. Cool. There's a skeleton bobbing in it from Death Wish Five. You know, he's like, "Oh no, the second time someone's what falling on in the fashion industry." It's it's cutthroat. So we go back to the boss. We get nice little touches where we're seeing the progress. They will stop somewhere and it'll be whatever that state is known for. Like they see crawdads for sale. Oh, they're Louisiana. Louisiana. Uh, was that jambalaya too? Yeah, jambalaya. Man, I love a good jambalaya. And so, you know, we're getting progression. We stop, get stop some crawdads. It's raining. So Nick, being a blind man, he can't see, he can't see. And he slips and falls in a puddle. And it's your little douchebag, like Billy is the first instinct is to laugh. Oh yeah. And He's a little punk. Right. He's not nosed. And so then he's, ha, 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 and then he walks in, he slips. Yeah, he, he, well, he tries to run. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to beat you to the sea. I'm going to fart on it. And then he, he, he falls in mud. It's like, my acid wash. <laughs> it's just like, it was just the amount of acid wash I liked. <laughs> and so now Nick laughs. 
And there's a little, it's kind of a bonding experience. Cause they, it, they, it really is because they're both laughing at misery and they're realizing we're good company for each other because right. we both hate life so much that we're willing to laugh. And there's so much good company that Billy offers Nick some candy. Yeah. Jack, um, <laughs> what kind of rock candy was this? Uh, the kind you pick up in the driveway of a tiny little barbecued gas joint, apparently. <laughs> I just it it's so cringing when you when you hear that sound effect yes. that little foley effect of the of the rock grinding against his teeth you just yeah. shudder listening to it because it's so horrible and then he pretends to swallow it and the kid's kind of like eyes bug out a little bit and then he spits it in the kid's face and you just hear that little thwacking sound and the kid starts crying and Nick laughs they, and it, it's just they really they really got us with. That awful Foley note. I've had horrible amount of teeth work cost me thousands of dollars because we don't care to insure people's teeth, even when you have insurance and everything. Exactly. Oh, but that fucking noise. I'm sure we all had it where it's just like you felt it in your face, that horrible <sighs> crunch. So Foley artists, he didn't win enough awards, or maybe he did. I don't know. Who I think Foley he artists. got an Oscar for Blind Fury. Is there an Oscar yeah, for, yeah. for Foley, Foley work? I think there is a sound. I don't know Foley work, but there's sound definitely. There needs to be one specifically know. for Foley work. Bus moves on. Time to time to finally tell Billy what his relationship is with his father. Well, yeah, because fucking Billy pulls a graph and is like, this is like a living room, right? Finds fucking uh, Nick's wallet, just oh, yeah. pulls it, <laughs> yeah. and starts flipping through it. Yeah, yeah. And he sees a picture, the nom picture, and then we get a flashback to the where that picture is being taken. Because apparently they're 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 in nom doing a photo shoot because one guy's just enjoying the hell out of taking pictures. Well, yeah, it was Murray. We always talk about the cop stories. I was always two weeks before retirement. Right. This is two hours <laughs> before they ship back to America. Right. So they're parting their asses off. Having a good old time. And then, wouldn't you know, they get attacked. Ugh. And this is where we see there's a big firefight. Nick, being brave as can be, goes out there, first out there. He's fucking... I mean, he's fending off predator monsters. He's carrying his wounded alleys around. He's doing everything. And yeah, Frank is hiding behind trees. He's shitting himself. He's crying. He's falling in the mud. Very akin to... He, a minute ago, he when Billy his toe, and he's like, "Nick, save me!" And that's where Nick goes into action, runs, bursts a fucking explosion. He's blinded, blinded, and then somehow, somehow, Frank deals with his stub toe, and he gets away. <laughs> I mean, literally, he leaves all his platoon. Like you would think, you would be in, that would be desertion. Like he, he right? He, Frank looks like the kind of guy who lies so much. He always has a story made up, you know, ready to go. And so, yes, he's like this. So now, like, we all learn what well, we learned in the beginning. But now, finally, Billy learns the, the relationship and how he went blind. Next morning, bus stops at another, another store in Kansas, I believe. You think it was Kansas? I'm pretty sure it was. And because cornfields. And Billy runs out. He's got to call his mom. Because, because uh, uh, Nick's been mom about, no, no pun intended, but mom about not letting him know what's going on with his mom. And he's like, he stops him. He's like, don't waste that. Don't waste those two dimes because your mom's dead. <laughs> there, there is a very touching scene where he takes him over, sits him up on a tractor, and it just goes silent. 
as the camera just pans out further and further, and you just see the anguish. And he just runs into that cornfield. And then we we see in the background the MAGA group, like pre prehistoric MAGA group. Yeah, the MAGA militia. And they're just looking shifty like a MAGA person would look. They're looking for Hillary voters. Right. They have a feeling there's going to be some <laughs> woman named Hillary running in 2016. They're very politically aware. And so we're like, huh, you know, we know what's up. We see, we see the red hats. We know what's up. But Nick runs off, chases him. I think this is we're going back to we're talking about Zatoichi tropes. This is the bamboo forest scene, but it's corn. Oh, absolutely. And, he, and I, I like how he's he's somehow able to exactly and precisely gauge how much concealment all these stalks of corn because the whole idea is that yeah oh he's he's somehow able to slip from row to corn row to corn and like they don't see him but he knows exactly where they are when he'll be seen when he won't be seen because it's that like ghosting around through the cover killing them one at a time you know predator style and they don't know what's going on so they'll panic and they'll run around like idiots and he just slaughters them. And it's like, if this was the real world, they'd be like, yeah. oh, yeah, it's that dude right there. He's hiding behind, like, one corn stalk. Just shoot him. And we'd be done. Slag no. gets a hold of Billy, throws him some bizarre rape shack in the middle of the cornfield. Like, why is there a shack in the middle of the cornfield? <laughs> I think you... For the raping. <laughs> I, I was just going to yeah. say, I, I think you uh, hit the sexual crime <laughs> on the nose there, because I think that's exactly what that was. Thank God uh, Nick was there. Like, that's a Timothy I mean, McVeigh type I, mean, I hate Billy and all, but I don't want to yeah. see a kid get raped or anything. So. <laughs> Thank you. Is that a Norm joke? <laughs> Trump right. is not a good guy. <laughs> so, like, like Jack said, he's doing all these fucking cat and mouse ninja tricks, you know, like standing out in between them when they get their backs to him, and he goes, "Hey, over here!" And then he walks back out. They turn around and shoot each oh other. Oh my god, I love this because it wasn't that he said anything. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> so we got to have a jobber match. It's been so long; we haven't really seen him uh, do any kind of combat since the house and that was close quarters now we get to see him play and he's doing real combat he's not doing magoo shit yeah exactly he's not doing magoo shit anymore this is life or death so he's got to be real here and we're getting to see the mind games on maze games on cornfield games we're seeing it all feel the dreams right here everybody so the first guy we we see all these goobers running around and we see the greatest fucking Top ten of my very progressive though because they're led by a woman. A woman was in there. There was a woman. Yeah, there was. Yeah, she's the one. She's got two like nickel plated snub nose Magnum revolvers. I I think she's wearing like a rebel like cap too, like a civil war cap. Don't remember this at all. She looked kind of rough, so you might have thought she was a man. So. Anyways, we got them. We got like some fucking slack jaw, just your typical, you know, degenerates as uh, Hillary Clinton likes to call them. Bag of oh, deplorables. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, I would agree with that. And then, of course, we have the most lovable villain of all time. My favorite. Going to talk about him for years. Popcorn. Popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> so the uh, the aforementioned, uh, hey, look here, was him 
uh, going in between two goons that were in between each other. This was Popcorn and another person. He opens his cane to reveal his blade, and that makes a pop and then a click when he closes it back up. And he also goes, whoo-hoo. And the people turn and shoot each other. So we got to see that last week in the Hitcher when he hit the brakes and they shot each other. Now we get to see in this where another, you know, fade away. Then he he puts the MAGA cap on a scarecrow and starts fucking with Slag. Slag's at the rape shack in the middle of the cornfield. Yeah. And he's firing off. He's getting scared. Oh, yeah. And then uh, uh, Nick... Enters the enters the field or the rape shack area and the slash is like the main support beam. So the, the rape shack collapses and then he, he slashes a uh, slag. Yeah, he slashes the shit out of slag. And we're like, oh, shit, I guess he's dead now. You know, just I, like Meg Foster, just a wasted character. I don't even want to begin to uh, what he did to popcorn because he just slowly took that bag of popcorn away. Popcorn didn't even notice. He was too frightened. And he just loaded it with MSG and trans fats. He's not going to last long with all that MSG and trans fat. Yeah, popcorn died 10 years later, but he did die because of that. <laughs> and it was awful, too. Uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so we're like, oh, shit, Slag's dead, I guess. And then he gets Billy's like, I'm under here. And he, he rescues him. He's like, my acid wash. He's kind of like worried about his ass. <laughs> Are they dirty? <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Did you guys, you guys ever own acid wash? I, I'm pretty sure I had at least one pair of acid wash at one, at one time in the late 80s, yeah. Jack? I, I think one pair, yes. Yeah. But they weren't, I, I remember distinctly, they were like the sort of half acid wash. So they, they weren't that like pale speckled blue that sort of robin's egg blue that like your classic acid washes it was much more sort of like mid-range blue <laughs> acid wash so yeah, not yeah, that nice. like bright pale kind of look like i had some dignity not a lot wow some yeah. so even then you guys weren't treasuring your acid wash you were like <laughs> no. fuck why yeah no exactly. so, we I might have been living in a small town in rural Maine, but even back then I knew that that was not a fashion trend that I wanted <laughs> to uh, participate in. We knew which way that was going. Experimented with pants, and we realized <laughs> it was wrong. <laughs> you know? I, I, I just imagine you guys being like shits like I was, because up until I had to go to like junior high, so like 13, my mom like, let's get you some nice like jeans or khakis and i was like no i saw this guy the hedgehog he always wears sweatpants i'm wearing sweatpants that's my i've never worn sweatpants in my life and so all through elementary school sweatpants that's terrible that's actually awful since then (laughs) i chose it i know you're abusing yourself okay and since since the day they were like junior high you can't do that anymore since what? that day, you couldn't wear sweatpants in junior high. Why I, you could? It's because of puberty. You yeah, getting all too, those boners, too many boners everywhere. Hide it with the sweatpants. Yeah. Yeah. I had enough awkward moments in gym class, so <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, I get it. I don't want to be wearing sweatpants." You know, well, that would be the, the perfect place to wear sweatpants. Would be gym class. Well, that's what I'm the saying. Reasonable spot. Yeah, 
But uh, yeah, since then, now it's like sweatpants. Even when Murray comes over to my house, I've wore I've worn my like shorts, but I've never worn sweatpants in front of you. I won't even do <laughs> Thank that. Thank you for that. Because I've always got a raging boner when you come over. You, every animal in this house, <laughs> everyone listening. So, uh, Slag, thankfully, Slag isn't dead because he's wearing his trash lodge vest. And a good it thing literally he, was like, yeah, like a garbage bag no, stopped a, the katana. He had a quilt <laughs> and sweatpants. He had a boner. So that's what stopped yeah. the sword. Yeah, stopped the sword. <laughs> sword that cut through a statue like earlier. Yeah, statues, doorknobs, fucking concrete. chops through the support beam of the whole cabin, knocks it down, but like yeah. it's somehow stopped by a few layers of fabric. He stopped by Ireland on his way over and cut the Blarney Stone in half. So we're back to Reno again, unfortunately, and we see McCready up in his like penthouse, and he's just he's just flipping out. He's got his man Cobb with him. Looks and look, the guy looks like Boss Hog. Yeah, he does. And they're they're learning about this mysterious blind man that like stopped oh. their you know, stopped their goons. And like, yeah, we need to stop this motherfucker. And we also learned that he need he's the only reason he's. He's an honest businessman. It's just he is deep in debt because of his casino. He's like Trump. He doesn't know how to run. He's the only person who can't make money off a casino. McCready, we're talking about. Yes. McCready was in debt. Yes, which is why he wanted the drugs. Oh. So he's not, he, he, he doesn't have dreams of being a drug dealer. He just needs to get out of debt so he can keep his, his uh, casino, his and American you know, dream. You know what? He couldn't bend uh, whoever was the commissioner of the NFL at the time to move a football team to his city to just oh. make easy money. No, there's not going to be any Reno Raiders. No. Re- oh, my God. That. I would like way better than Las Vegas Raiders. The Reno Raiders is good. So I was like, how are we going to stop this blind man with a sword? Get me Bruce Lee. And the guy's like, oh, Bruce Lee's Bruce, dead, he's sir. Been dead it's years. very uh, Monty Burns type scene. <laughs> well, give me his brother. And he's like, we'll do. Uh, and walks off. So we go back to our boys, Nick and Billy. And they're, they're, they're at a waterfall. I didn't see waterfall. Did I wear waterfall? Yeah, they're oh. at the edge of some lake or something. Okay. It's like a little campground. I just saw a little campground too. I don't and know. And we gotta remember, Billy. Oh no, I put in waterfalls because he does the fucking move from face off, where he yeah. runs his fingers down his face. <laughs> oh, okay, and tells you can feel him... Billy's tears. Oh, Billy yes. cry. Well, oh, look, I can't I just learned his mom is dead, and he almost got raped by Tex Cobb. So I'm going to cut him some. And, you know, and he, got a, he got a hole in his fucking pants and wash. So he, <laughs> he's just like, fuck. This kid's been through the ringer. Yeah, 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 for sure. And so he's crying. and okay. He's been told he can't man spread on a, bu- a public transport anymore. He ruined his acid wash. He he nearly got raped in a rape shack in a cornfield. The worst B fifty two song of all time, by the way. Rape shack cornfield. Yeah. Oh man! So you're right. He's having a hard time. He's feeling a little soft now, and he's like, "I just want to talk to my mom, Billy. I already told you, your mom's in heaven now. Well, not really heaven, because I don't know what's going on with her eyes. I think well, she was a vampire, yeah, or a like demon. His, he's like, I don't believe in him. But let's. We're not going to get philosophical. Yeah, your mom's. Underground. She's taking the dirt nap. Yeah, she's, she ain't coming back. He he quotes the whole Tom Waits song, and it's all good. And so he starts crying like a little bitch would do. Yeah, 
And he's like, oh, you probably think less of me because I'm crying. Like, yeah, because uh, like, uh, Nick has his hands running down those waterfalls. That's why I put waterfalls in there. Yeah, and he's feeling them. He's just like, no, 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 sweet boy, sweet boy. It's okay. It's okay to cry. Men cry. It's not a problem. Boys don't cry. And then even Robert Smith, <laughs> he goes through the whole yeah. cure song too. He thinks he's gonna relate to the boy because he's got the Walkman. What do you think he had well, in there? He wishes he disintegration. Could cry. He wishes he could cry because he's like, I can't because because of my because of the aloe vera because of the green onions, green onion, aloe vera, whatever. I can't make tears anymore. So you know, I'm really fucked. Very good yeah. shampoo in my eyes. Uh, Rucker literally says. I can't cry anymore. The place that makes tears inside my head tear doesn't work anymore. Yeah, they're called tear ducts, a rocker. That's all they are. Tear Is ducks. it really called tear ducts? Yeah, it's your tear ducts. Okay. And so they, I guess they go to sleep. They wake up the next day. Hold on, hold on. Jack, you told us yes. that you saw this movie as a 16 year old. How did this mm-hmm. make you feel about crying as a man? I mean,. I was already an, an elevated specimen as a child. So, you know, I felt that it was perfectly acceptable for him to cry. <laughs> I understood that being vulnerable in that way actually strengthens you in another way. It's like tempering a sword. Like you have to dip it into, quench it with the right kind of liquid. And that liquid is tears. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And that gives you the right tempering as a person. Oh, my God. So, oh, man. <laughs> I'm also noticing that he, Rucker Howard has this really fancy one of those little uh, Italian uh, coffee pot makers, the kind where it traps the, the grains. I, I forget the term for it. It's like a maki something. It's the little the little coffee campfire coffee makers i'm like wow that's really fancy for a guy who's just sort of been hoboing it across the country he's a man of few possessions you know so the things he does have are really good yeah high quality like yeah he's not just pouring a handful of folgers crystals into an old tin pot and stirring it with the tip of his sword like he's got his own little you know, high-end uh, coffee brewing mechanism. I imagine part of his training every morning is he just throws up whole beans that he keeps in a nice uh, he only sealed tea. sack. <laughs> yeah, really. A little, a little pouch somewhere in his esophagus. Yeah, so it's got to be tea. It's tea that he's keeping in here. Okay, so that's already ground. They don't really do fresh ground tea like they do coffee. Mm. Huh. Mm. Huh. All right. <laughs> So they're in like a campground. I don't know what the fuck. Again, they're still in the same campground. They're like the old people watching them. This is what was weird for me because I was looking down to write my notes and then I look back up. It's daylight and there's old people with the classic picnic table, like, uh, you know, setting up, got their fried chicken out. That was what I was always ate at picnics was fried chicken. Okay. So. And then we see there's like a fucking Madagascar hissing cockroach crawling across uh, Billy's face. I think it was enormous. And uh, Nick nonchalantly just slices it in half. And then the old guy in the back, I got to get me one of them. Yeah. <laughs> and we have a little laugh. And then cut to finally, we're in Reno. We find Frank's place. They've been hitching for the rest of it. The, they've been hitching a ride. They've hitching a ride. And they make it to Frank's. 
They knock on the door and Annie answers. Yeah. Well, immediately Billy bitches out. He's like, I can't do it. He abandoned me. He's got a horrible allergy reaction to his dad, apparently. It's the coke sniffs. Yeah. This kid might have a coke habit. He might. Acid wash jeans are great for hiding cocaine uh-huh. here. So, yeah, uh, you know, Rucker sits down with them and just tells him he lifts him by the chin, just lifts him up, stares him in the eyes. Even though he's blind, he still stares the kid in his eyes because he knows Billy can read his eyes. Well, he goes, look, you little shit. Your fucking old man blinded me. And you're pissed. You're whining about him just running out on you. Fuck you. You're going to meet your dad, and we're going to end this fucking bullshit now. I'm and gonna- also, I'll get you a fucking WWF ice cream bar if you go visit your dad. That's a tempting. tempting. You got to get that ultimate warrior. So Annie op- well, uh, answers the door. She's like, your dad's not here. Come on in. Walk in. For- gun immediately put to Nick's head. Immediately. This is where we meet Lyle and Tector. Jack, you have that gun database open. What kind of gun was that? Uh, I'm looking at it right now. I believe <laughs> we've done research. I found that website like last year when we were looking up a Steven Seagal gun or something. Uh, that yeah. that website is fascinating. Oh, it is. It's a Smith and Wesson model 686. Oh, nice. 357 Magnum with a six inch barrel. So you know, now it. it would you like to take us through this uh, this scene here? I, I mean, it it makes me laugh that he's had all this supernatural kind of sense sort of stuff, and then he walks through the door, someone sticks a magnum in his ear, and then the guy just sort of flips the gun around and cold cocks him in the head with the butt of the revolver, and he immediately goes down. Like, in the beginning of this movie, he took on, like, Five armed dudes in a house that he had just been in like two minutes ago and it just takes them all out. And all those guys had guns like pointed at him already. So how he just doesn't like slap that pistol away and slice and dice these two idiots is beyond me. I suppose it's because he's not sure what's going on with the you know with Billy or the woman and he just wants to, you know, play it safe. But yeah, he gets taken out like a chump. Uh, but I do have to shout out the Lyle and Tector reference because I'm a huge Wild Bunch fan, and I think it's fantastic that we just sort of slip that in. Um, and also, there's apparently a Buffy the Vampire Slayer episode where there's two vampire rednecks named Lyle and Tector. So, you know, Peck and Paw's legacy lives on in the strangest places. It warms my heart. So they zip tie him, throw him in the back of a van, and they're going to take him off to uh, McCready's. And so they got uh, Annie up in the front with him, and they got the they got his cane. And uh, which was Tector the which one was which? Lyle was the one with the long hair, right? Tector was the other one. We're going to say that. I- <laughs> I think we, they can. It's just interchangeable. Two idiots, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Two idiot Tech, brothers. Tector's fucking with a cane, and then he, he finds out. He's like, "Oh shit! There's a fucking sword in here." And then we've once it, so like okay, we established he chopped through a support beam, barely grazed slag, and now it's all super sharp again because he's 
touch lightly touches his thumb. Yeah. And it's fucking sliced open. And he doesn't even slide down. He just touches it. And usually, you know, you can test the blade and it'll just, you know, because of how resistance and physics works and everything, it wouldn't cut you. But no, this blade... It's that sharp. It decides who it has a mind of its own, is what I'm trying to say here. It's a supernatural it's like, blade. It's like an Elric kind of sword. A who? You can suck up people's fucking yeah. souls and shit. I didn't say it's Stormbringer. Yeah. Yep. What? So oh, I'm hundred percent behind this idea now that he mentions this. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Jack's on the page. <laughs> this is good. We have Jack here to go on your uh, weird soul sucking tangent. Elric. You've never heard of that? Elric? Yeah. Oh my Eldritch. god. Tim, I don't know what we're gonna do. I don't know. <laughs> Who's Tim? It's a lot of <laughs> me. Oh you <laughs> You're... God damn. <laughs> I don't yeah, this boy needs to learn. But anyway, we we're not gonna Gen X him. He gets he gets really ruffled when me and Taffy Gen X him. So we're not gonna Yeah, do we all ruffled. That's so, how I got gray. So he immediately goes. Suck my wound, <laughs> to Annie. This is the second so gross. Yeah, and she bites us. Th- oh, oh God! I'm watching it now, and it's actually revolting. I mean, she sold the shit out of and it. She looked like she was kind of into it. She like at first she was kind of repulsed, and then yeah, when she got she got that tongue on her. She's just like <laughs> she's forever nighting it. And he throws <laughs> the cane out the fucking window. Yeah, and Nick hears that. He's like, "Start counting, Billy." Yeah, they, while this is going on, they're they're like escaping. He's coaching Billy on how to escape his cuffs. He's, he's trying to see how flexible the boy is. Yeah, he's. he's like, that sounds horrible. <laughs> well, there's a there's a scene. Maybe we've passed it, but I swear to God, Rutger gets so close to this kid's face. I thought they were gonna kiss. Yes, I think in the camp. Like, yeah, it was like. Back off, Rucker. I yes, mean, I know was at the blind. camp when he was comforting him when he was crying. I wouldn't be comforted by like Rucker getting all up in my grill like that. Well, we talked cool. about it in the Hitcher when he was a murderer <laughs> getting in those kids' faces. The kids were like, "You're the best stranger we've ever picked up." <laughs> so they're they're getting their way out. Like first, the kid he like because they're they got the zip ties behind their back, and then the kid wiggles his way out, and then he doesn't smoke. But what's he got, uh, Griff? Yeah. A Zippo lighter, because everybody has a Zippo lighter. We've established that. He's Nobody a uses a disposable. He well, he's got to set up campfires and everything. He's well, a he, hobo. He would fucking use. How it. does he gather wood? Does he just bang the wood on the on like a tree? How does he find a good clearing? He can he can like feel around. It's just on the ground. How does he know the can the tree canopy Why are isn't we too low? About how he finds campfire? I want to get through this. I'm <laughs> very worried about him setting a forest fire. No, well, he starts the fire in this the back of the van. As long as it's not in the kids' pants. Because the kid like burns his zip tie out, so now they're free, and now they need a distraction. They Don't need worry, a- Murray. We haven't gone as long as you think we okay. have. So he's going to, and Billy's counting. He's one, two, one Mississippi, two Mississippi. And then they look back, they see the smoke. They got to stop. They got to see what's going on. He's from Florida. They don't use Mississippi's down there. They use Jacksonville's. Okay. One Jacksonville, two Jacksonville. Whatever they do. Hey, when in, when in Florida, I've do been in Florida do. one too many times as a child, and I happen to know that counting system. So they, they, they start a fire. So the guys had to stop and investigate. Yes. And they get out right on the middle of a bridge, by the way. Yeah. Well, Two lane bridge. Your house, your, your house. If your car is on fire, you got to stop. Well, they lived in the van, too. So you're actually uh, right about that. OK. And they just they, like Gina Petita. They live in the van. 
I don't know what that means. Well, you know that white woman who went missing, Gina oh, Petito. Oh, yeah, I've been paying attention. Yeah, you've only been telling me about it all night. What are you talking about? <laughs> I've been telling you about tired. I'm hearing people talk about it. Right. So they uh, fucking uh, Tector, Tector, Lyle, Lyle. They get out. They get out. They go around to the back. Around the back. And they look in the back. Well, they're trying to open up the back. Fucking door pops open, very akin to the Hitcher. That last scene when they're he's getting right up on the back. See Nelson Riley gets right up on the back, and suddenly the back door flies open and a shotgun shooting him. That's what happens here, except no, it's a fucking blind man and a child running out and smoke flying everywhere. It's intense scene. Yeah, I think, yeah. So like Tector gets hit in the head by the, the door flying open. So he's knocked out. And then they get they them and Annie get in the front seat. And they carjack the car. Yeah, in that one moment, you're like, wait a minute. Kid can't drive. And I believe uh, even uh, little, little I want to call him little Nicky, little Billy, he screams out like, who's going to drive? And then suddenly oh. Annie gets in the car. Yeah. This is the fun scene. Jack, all over these ears. Still a fun scene? We're not, the, we're not at the blind driving scene yet. Some oh no, we're not at the blind driving scene. Annie's gonna Annie's gonna take the wheel, but still, I mean, I really, women I, drivers. That's hilarious. I really wow. like this scene. <laughs> well, it, it's that sort of slapstick hijinks moment again. It's like the tonality of this movie, you know, leaps around so much. Like, you know, yeah, they they're gonna shoot the kid in the face with the gun and then the kid throws something from the back of the band and bonks him on the head and knocks him out and then they all leap in and yeah scrambling into the and off they go okay now start counting again because i gotta find his cane yeah which is so ridiculous so they're gonna somehow back up and find this one like stick that's blending in in all this desert scrub along the side of the road 100 percent on that one of course again it's a it's clearly a possessed supernatural weapon that he's got some mystic tie to stormbringer so you know yeah so they could stop and he just feels that that demonic energy radiating from you know the sword he knows where it is he can't Uh, be parted with it you know he'll lose his ability to slash people Right, supernatural. and that's where he gets his supernatural powers. It all makes sense. Now. I, guys, can I remind you? We're jumping ahead like two minutes, <laughs> but Billy is the one who does the counting. Billy does the counting again. Then they get out where Billy ends at zero, and Billy finds the sword. Right. So can we say it's a spiritual connection, or can we just give a little tip of the hat to uh, um, Nick's just? sense of awareness just immediately being like count now yeah he he's so confident he knew that they were gonna escape that's i mean well he knew well yeah of course he knew they were gonna escape he's been in worse things in the, the jungles to of the vietnam point that he cared more about finding a sword than like what's gonna happen I mean, right. that's, that's pretty confident it is very confident but and of course he like like elric he's he's tied to his sword he can't he's got to get it back or you'll probably die well, what is he going to do without a sword cane? He can't just get a normal sword off the shelf. It wouldn't be as fully charged with energy and souls and everything. But- the best he could do is a mop handle, and then you're just sort of <laughs> bonking people on the head or yeah, poking, them, poking them in the belly with it. It's nowhere near as effective when they've got 
44 magnums and right. desert eagles. And then you and then you have the sloshy part of the mop with the dirty mop water just hitting you in the chest. You don't want to get that on your acid wall. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Murray. So Lyle and Tech, they're like, we need a car. Yeah. So they carjack an old lady. Do we not love their outfits? The classic redneck outfit, classic. sleeveless, like flannel shirt. Sleeveless. They were wearing like the beautiful western shirt that they cut the sleeves oh. off of. Had the cowboy hats on and everything. Did they have big belt buckles. Big old belt buckles. These are <laughs> men, Murray. This is Reno. You this know, is Reno. How they dress. Yes. And they they stop a old lady, sweet little old lady, and they're like, "Ma'am, my brother needs to be taken to the hospital. He's got this wound on his head. I'll help you. Oh. Get the fuck out." She tries to offer him a Werther's because we know the healing properties of a Werther, like aloe vera, as we've mentioned right. before. You lick a Werther's and stick it to a wound, and it absorbs your pain. Oh, Isn't know. that crazy? Yeah. Well, they didn't have time for candy because they <laughs> kick her out. And they get in the car and they take off. And Granny, she's packed. What was she? What did she have? Yes, I am to be that good. I, I just tried, and the the best I can do is that there's just some ridiculously long barreled revolver. And that's one of the things I love about this movie is that we're in that era of '80s action films where you know we're we're out of the practical '70s and early '80s. We're like hoods would just carry you know a two inch barreled snub nose revolver and if you were really good you carried a 45 no no like everyone's carrying these absurdly large hand cannons and uzi pistols and the cut down shotguns like yeah all the hardware just goes to gonzo town and like the most impractical shit gets pulled out of like every holster and belt so of course this little old lady can't just be pulling out like a little 32 pearl handled revolver she pulls out this like bunt line special with a 14 inch barrel and just starts emptying it through the back window. And it's just, Oh, I love it. It, it, It's, it's like that one Stallone mama, you know, stop or my mom will shoot. Come to life. That's exactly what I was thinking of. But this scene especially hit me because like, I mean, I didn't become politically aware and you know, last year late one yeah last year when i learned about bernie and i was just like oh this is the savior of the world um but i saw the scene and of course they get uh, like the windshield the back uh the back window and the windshield crack and everything and then lytle tech looks at the other his brother and just like yep that's why i always vote for gun control I didn't realize gun control has been something people talked about since the that, late 80s. That and abortion are the two fucking issues. I get abortion, but oh. wow, gun control, I didn't realize people were talking about even back then. Yeah, people were a little more sensible back then. You'd even have Republicans that were like, maybe we need a little bit of gun oh control. Oh, my God. I don't know where the Republicans <laughs> We need a strong Republican they catch, party. Up, they catch up with our, our, our gang, and of course... Annie pulls a fucking Velma from Scooby Doo. My glasses. I love. I it. can't see anything. Look, I'm a little in Annie now. She's doing the Scooby Doo cosplay thing. She's wearing that beautiful outfit. I, I I'm, I'm into it. So like, a, you know, so you, you're like woman who's a little nearsighted, blind man. Woman, a little nearsighted, blind. Man. Put the blind man behind the wheel. I put the kid behind the fucking wheel. Why can't he fucking drive? Uh, <laughs> Let Jesus take the wheel. Well, that's what happens because 
you got a blind guy driving. Now this is where now, this is your time to shine, Jack. This this is your favorite part. Let's hear it. Oh well, it just so the thing is, I can't drive because I can't see well enough to get cleared with a eye test for driving. So this scene. And all the like blind guy gets behind the wheel of a car and somehow miraculously doesn't kill 15 people is near and dear to my heart. Cause I'm looking at this. I'm like, you know what? If I took off my giant Coke bottle glasses and tried to drive down like a busy city street in Rio Nevada, I would do a better job than the blind guy. Uh, so yeah, like why? I mean, it's just pure comedy. We're going to put him in the, oh, of course you could drive. Like she'd at least see the blurry shape, like rushing directly at the van, and the kid would be able to say something like, "Oh, that's actually something you don't want to hit. Turn a little to the left." But you know, like sneakers or scent of a woman just takes it to the extreme because I mean he's doing like ninety miles an hour down the road. But yeah, I, I just love it because it's so. Again, we're taking the tone of this movie. And just throwing it completely slapstick of all these these jokes where he like finally gets them to where they need to go somehow. And he's like, oh, maybe I should uh, test for my license again. It's just like, hmm. why why are we throwing these little jokes in? But, you know, that's, that's the way this movie rolls. Like, I wanted him to just like clip some person like trying to walk across the street. And you're like, oh, that's the price you pay. Yeah. Right. take these people on like how does no one die how does no one get injured in this whole thing oh yeah if i were to be a baby carriage full of cans like in speed where he like hits it and, like, yeah where oh was God, what happened <laughs> yeah where's the, first thing? where's the giant pane of glass the two people are carrying across <laughs> yeah, yes exactly it was cool they were literally in downtown reno they were just driving down there and we get the classic, like Billy, left. No, your other left. And that kind of bullshit. I loved it. It <laughs> was such a fun scene. Lyle Tector following him. Of course, they have to like flip their car. You got to flip your car. God, they don't do enough car flipping in movies anymore. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Not enough car flipping. And then they're like, all right, we're, we're, we're scot-free. And then they're like, well, uh, Nick, since he feels like they're in a tunnel, he's just like, when's this tunnel and she's like there's no tunnels in reno and then i don't know how that has to correlates to a brick wall but because they were in an alley oh, okay so he somehow sends daredevil sends the the walls being very narrow how we got in that narrow wall i don't know anyways stormbringer stormbringer so <laughs> in the nick of time no pun intended he stops right like son of a inches. bitch <laughs> no i'm not because you asked yeah. for it so I didn't ask for it. I said you could do it. So uh yeah, so I can't I don't know where I'm at. <laughs> it was rhetorical. Yeah, I think he believed you would just just try to throw that in there like that. So they go he goes to the casino, Nick. Yeah, after a close call, you know, a nice little rib about the whole I'm gonna go get my license again. He drops Billy off at a friend who lives in an R V community. Yes. So Annie and Colleen, her friend, her yoga friend, Colleen. She's living the hipster life. She's an Instagram. She's living the van life. She's an influencer. She's out living in a school bus. She converted into her. Harold and Maude comes up again because Maude lived in a school bus. She's got all the cool fucking artwork, the big old vagina piece made of wood. And, of course, little Billy's getting in there and feeling up the fucking. Oh, man, I can't. This is a family film, I think. (laughs) 
I can't tell. What is this film rated? Fun? I don't know. <laughs> it's 89. This is your wheelhouse. I, I would have guessed PG-13. You think uh, it's rated R, actually. What? I just looked it? it up. Yeah. It should have at least some tits in it then. Yeah. Come on. So, I mean, they're in a casino. We could have them walk by some, like, showgirls or something. But... Or a moment where McCready has some ladies in shaking their tits. Uh, you know, uh, maybe maybe he's got his desk, and in the background, there's a hot tub with a naked woman in it. Uh, well, there was a hot tub in this movie, so they, it, was, <laughs> it was not used. It was, it was a hot tub placed in there somehow for us, because we <laughs> yeah. always, whenever we're talking Shokazugi, we talk hot tubs for some reason. Because they pop up in Shokazugi. So that's the Shokazugi thing. He probably demanded it. Sorry, 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 everybody. There's probably some elaborate, like, rooftop fight scene, and show goes, no, hot tub. <laughs> then, if I'm going to be a jobber, <laughs> I need a hot tub. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. So he's at, he's at McCready's Casino, like the horseshoe crab casino or something. God, what a crab cake. And he, he's overhearing McCready's walking through, and he's talking with his boy Cobb, and he's like, He's almost done with those drugs, and once we're done, we don't need this fucker, any, this Devereaux fuck anymore. For, uh, Nick is hearing this, so he's like, oh, shit, I got to fucking, he's here, I got to rescue him. So then they go, they make a beeline for this elevator. Yeah, I like this because Nick is standing right by the elevator where everybody, McCready, is walking in, just talking very loudly because it's a casino. It's loud. There's lots of chatter. No one's going to pick up on this except the blind man who's very attuned. So he hears it. But then, and this is where we get some ex-WWF star. Yep. 80s jobber Tiger Chung Lee is one of the goons in a white suit. They're both wearing white suits. Beautiful white suits, like pink tie and maybe blue shirt underneath it or whatever. It's very loud, very 80s. Well, they both have big mullets. They both have... Not big. I want to say big. Well, they didn't have David Allen Coe mullets. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Please. Talk more about right. David Allen Coe. More, they're more. Well, he's he's dying in the hospital right now of COVID. Let's not but talk about present day David, David Allen Coe. COVID. But, but uh, <laughs> uh, this, well, we're getting really inside baseball it's so here. Loopy. No, they have. You're right. They have Seinfeld mullets. They have. They have sad little stringy mullets. Uh, they're not good power mullets. No. They're not stone cold mullets. To bring Brian Bosworth back. Wait, was that in the version that we already got rid of that we talked about Brian Bosworth? I don't know. I don't know what we're doing anymore. Oh, okay. We've done three versions of this episode, by the way. So, yeah, so. Uh... <laughs> Thank you, Jack. <laughs> we're sticking with us. So, Chung Lee and uh, the other guy, they stay, they, they guard the elevator. It's also got like a passcode thing. So this isn't some, this is not for public this is the eye rollers it's a good thing that like this uh the baby geniuses of that movie baby genius jack can actually hear the tonal differences right. in a number pad it's do 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 wait is that close encounters yeah oh okay it's usually funky towns but it's weird that it was yeah. close encounters yeah. but these guys were obviously spielberg fans yeah they're movie buffs oh man so he i guess he's like I'm going to bide my time by my, when in Rome. I might as well just start well, go to the roulette table. I think maybe Jack can help me out on this. He's trying to cause a ruckus, right? I mean, that's what it leads to. I don't know if he's necessarily trying to cause a ruckus. I mean, it, it, I, I think it's kind of a coin flip either way. Like, yeah, he's being cocky. He's kind of drawing attention to himself. 
But I don't know if that was necessarily his plan or if he thought he'd just shake it up a little. It, honestly, it's that classic James Bond move of yeah. just being like the provocateur. Like, I'm just going to go in there. I'm kind of going to, you know, draw a little attention to myself. Let them kind of like come to me. Oh, man. Yeah. Go from there. I mean, it's not super obvious because he does the whole cheating thing where. How do you wait? I don't know how you cheat with super senses with roulette. Yeah, because you place the bet before anything happens. That's another good question: is how (laughs) does he become the high roller? Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. I'd almost say that doing like craps would make more sense. That like, okay, he could hear like minute differences and how like the dice bounce across the table right. or something. But or he could like, right, pick up, like, like he could pick up loaded dice or something and go, they're cheating or something like that. Yeah, yeah. But, but the um, idea that it's like, how does he win more at yeah roulette? Doesn't just- really. And they don't show him like listening to it in a way that would signify that he somehow can tell that there's like minute differences in the wheel, but then he can somehow tell that it's, you know, this little device in the guy's pocket that's causing the wheel to cheat. And, you know, then he like, of course, uses his super katana to like chop the roulette wheel off like it's it's just this like it's like the sonic screwdriver of doctor who you just use it for anything oh i'm, I'm gonna open this i'm gonna close that i'm gonna weld this shut i'm gonna use it as a weapon i'm gonna use it as a tool we could use it as a mirror and shave with it like yeah, it's just so strange i am immediately taken out of this scene because anytime i've been to a casino I've been up north to like the Native American casinos. I've been down here to like Greek town. I don't really bet at all, but even if you don't bet, there's always somebody throwing their arm around you and be like, Do you need to know how roulette works? And they have a system and they tell you the whole system. <laughs> Nobody does that. And My- Murray even has a story. Not, not a, <laughs> My bar, I always, I had the strangest barber. I had him since I was a kid. He retired. I, Never, my hair never touched my ear <laughs> when he cut my hair. But I, I do miss. Well, he miss, wouldn't be. He, he wouldn't be barber. dead years ago if he left. He was a hair great barber, but he was obsessed with two things. One was vitamins. Talking about vitamins. Oh my which god! I don't care about it at all. He, well, I always say like he was like almost eighty when he retired. He looked great. He you look did, great. Yeah, he did look steady great. hand. You got those hands. Yeah. He never cut your ear. Well, he used the clippers, but uh, he and <laughs> fucking craps. Like he was obsessed with craps, like the, the, the techniques and all this shit. He actually had my friend Doug used to go to him too. And Doug was saying how he was going to go to Vegas. He brought in this like mini little crap Jesus table, like you could Christ. practice. On this. I'm so nervous. Murray is doing more hand gestures <laughs> than I've ever seen him do, and he's no, getting so close. We've you had were mul- the one that spilled the coffee, had, but that's the night. <laughs> Rucker Knight is trying to curse us. It doesn't want us to escape this. Doesn't for, want to end. It doesn't want us to escape alive. <laughs> We're in our own horror movie right now, so I gotta try. To, I'm trying to make sure we get out of this alive. Anyway, so he creates the diversion because everyone's like, "It's rigged." Everyone's getting like grabbing the chips and shit. Yeah, because he hears the difference in the ball bouncing in the roulette machine, and he feels the pulse of it somehow. He's like matched his heartbeat to how the ball bounces and he's like that ain't right 
I think he can also feel a flow, like the airflow has been cut off by stringy mullets. So <laughs> everything has been, there's probably a scent too. He don't, they really don't play up scent enough for it. No, they don't. Everything is just like hearing. Yeah, everything is just hearing and just taste too. I don't know if you want to taste it at a casino. Desperation, <laughs> uh, lingering secondhand smoke. He was tasting that one lady that was next to him when he was smoking the cigar. When he was trying to play it up like, Bob, you're right, because it was like a Rube Goldberg of amazing feats because it was like somebody dropped something behind him and he reached behind his back and caught it before it hit the ground and it was like, oh my god! He reaches over, stuffs fucking like five dollars worth of chips in this chick's bra and she's like, I'm not gonna call the cops because you have rights. <laughs> uh, everybody was loving him. That's how all the casino scenes go in the movies, though. Huh. So he makes he, he remembers the Close Encounters. He's a Spielberg fanatic, too, so he does the thing. Oh, okay. So what you're trying to say is that in this diversion of him knocking over the roulette table, everybody's freaking out, the cowboy included. We haven't even mentioned the cowboy. There's a Hector cowboy and Lyle show up, too. By Hector the way. and Lyle are here now, right. too. Tector. Tector. Yeah. Did you call him Lecter or did I call him Lecter? You called him Hector. I called him Hector. Yeah. Tector. Well, can- Hannibal Lecter was there as well. <laughs> he was also licking a woman. <laughs> and so they spot our boy uh, Nick too, but Nick does the little fucking Twelve Encounters thing. He hits the button, the closed doors button enough times where it closes just in time. Doesn't he like fuck with the other elevator, like chop the code thing? Ooh. That happens, I know, but I don't know. I think it happens not quite at this moment. I remember him chopping an elevator, but not until he gets to his destination. Yeah, because I know the guys, the other, like Tiger Chung Lee and Hector and Lyle, get into it, and the, the opposite uh, elevator. But he gets in with a waiter who's got like the, like the, the room service tray. Yeah. And he goes up, and then the doors open. And it's it's fucking uh, Nick pushing that curry. Of course it is. Like what? What happened to that guy? And there's some very vigilant guards there. That hey, we're gonna check this out. We don't trust this guy. Let's see what's going on here. Already Uzi's pulled. Yes, they have guns out. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, meanwhile, uh, I think Tector or Lyle, one of them pushes. Classic move, they, which is the basement. So they get in the elevator with right. the wrestling guards, yeah, with the faint mullets. Yeah. And they're so quick to hit buttons because they're in a hurry. And so when the elevator finally starts to move, somebody, I don't remember who it was, goes, we're going to the basement. Oh, I know what happened. <laughs> so when, uh, so Nick takes care of the two guards and then he chops the, the key thing. But to that theirs. was when they're already on the way up. Right. So, so we he, had the fun joke. Yep. Then we're upstairs, and the guards are like, "I'm talking about, yeah, I'm talking about the black guys." Yeah, I know. Yeah. We we went down, and now we're coming back right. up. Oh my god, we got to get this straightened up. Yeah, because there's a lot of elevator logistics that go on, but basically, Nick takes out the two guards when they discover he's not really the waiter, they, and yeah. then the other guys just aren't there yet because they went down to the basement. So that's yeah. why he has all the time. And then he can hear that elevator coming up. And that's when he pulls out the sword and just slashes the elevator and disables like the butt. 
I mean, once again, the sword is capable of any plot device magic you need. Look, Open a thing, sword. Keep a thing closed, also sword. It does it all. We are scientists on this podcast. We talk a lot about microwave timing. We talk a lot about uh, elevator repair and function. Yeah, was there any screwdrivers involved with this? Uh, no, you just need a oh. sword. Oh. He has mastered a sword to the point where he can jam it into an elevator socketry. And Socketry? Socketry. Circuitry? You mean sockets? The sockets, the open sockets the of socket the socket of the circuit, the socket of the circuit, okay. and shove the sword in like All a right. screwdriver and imitate the flexibility. And so he stops the elevator right when it gets to the floor. So yeah. they're just looking right at the ground level. It's eye level with the ground level. Right. And they're just seeing this and they're just like, oh, I'm going to get Ooh, you. You blind man. And then he goes into the office of Cobb, the right hand man of McCready, and he's a, he confronts him and then. Cobb ain't having. He's like F O Errol Flynn. You know what that? You know what that, guy? You know what that means? Fuck off. That's how I got RR rating, guys. When he said fuck off, and then uh, Nick slices his eyebrows off. That was good. And drops the line. I also do circumcisions. And then immediately, Cobb's like, I I got. I hardly have anything to, right now, anything to begin with. Don't fuck with my dick. I'll tell you whatever <laughs> you want. And then uh, they he he's looking for Frank. He finally finds out where Frank is from Cobb. Mm-hmm. Frank is in the lab. He's got the fuck. He's Walter Whiting it. He's got the blue fucking math. It's fucking amazing. It's the good shit. He's, he's getting rats high with it. And, of course, he's got the whole coffee beaker system that people apparently are offended by. Apparently, that's the most offensive episode of uh, Breaking Bad is when he made the coffee in the one episode. Oh, why? Because nothing happened in it, so people get pissed. Yeah. Oh. There wasn't enough drug dealing, so people oh. are like, I can't appreciate an, an episode about characters and what they're driven by. Mm. Coffee's his love language, people. You just got to get it. <laughs> So Frank is like, Nick, you know, they haven't seen each other in 20 years. And he's like, yeah. And he's like, we're getting the fuck out of here. And so uh, uh, Frank, he gets like a tackle box and puts all the fucking P2P in it. And then he starts pouring gasoline out. Oh, everything. no, that was an Altoids tin dog. You got to you gotta know where you put your drugs into. Murray is such a clean boy. He's just such a clean boy. I don't do P2P. <laughs> that's right. uh, and he starts pouring gas on everything. He's like, let the fucking burn. I mean, this is a fucking, this isn't just like a separate lab. This is part of a hotel. He's going to burn a fucking hotel down. A casino hotel. Because what? But then we learned in that flashback to Nam. When they were partying, he was, like, throwing M-80s at people and shit. What was the M-80s? <laughs> what? What was with the M-80s? He's a fucking nut. Frank's a piece of shit. We've, we talked about this. And so he's, like, a pyro, like, fucking fiend. So he's just, like, burn it down. And, like, Nick's like, this is leave. Well, we don't need to burn it down. No, we need to like burn like it you down. can't like 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 all the secrets of this miracle designer drug are going to be destroyed. Like you can't build that fucking fucking. He's got Walter White. Mr. Syndrome. Wizard fucking chemistry said he is. He's so. got Walter White syndrome. He's high on it. his own stuff. He's like, call me Heisenberg. So they escape. He sets fire to this. He probably kills like thousands of people. Can you notice people stampeding in the casino? Yeah. But he doesn't care. And also, it's a time when you could, well, you can still smoke in casinos, but 
It's already full of smoke, so they're they're not even thinking anything of it. No, they don't care. They just. Well, I'm also going to point out a character flaw moment that he lets Uh-oh. the rats burn to death. Like, yeah, it's pretty shitty. I, I don't, I don't, I don't like that. Like, you know, oh. that needs to be one of those moments, like in the in the disaster movie, where the dog somehow lives. Like, the you should have seen like the rats scurry through the door just before it shuts. So I could be like, okay, you didn't kill I... rats, but no, he burns the rats to death. He doesn't even think of grabbing that cage. Uh, and taking it with well, him, you I've, gotta think he was ready to inject them with P2P. Like, he don't give guys, a fuck. Guys, he's just I, a scumbag and he should have died by the end of this movie. Yeah. Guys, I'm a rat sympathizer. So when I saw rats in this movie, I was immediately like, oh shit, no, don't tell me they're pulling bad science on these rats. He might have, but I did notice that cage door was open. Rats are very fucking smart. Those oh, rats Griff. escaped, I assure you. Okay. Well, okay. I got a mouse in my fucking house who's taken fucking bait off the trap a million times. So you're right. They're incredibly clever, these rodents. And rats, they're at the top. If only they didn't live for three years, I'd recommend everybody get rats. But having dogs are sad enough, having rats that die every three years on you, far sadder. So they go back to uh, Colleen's place at the uh, RV place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They go back to the school bus. And she's still there watching uh, some yoga show or some exercise show. She, this woman is so into her transcendental meditation that she is constantly completely zoned out. So they walk in and she, she doesn't even have TV on. It's just like fuzz. And they're like, my God, she is in another world. She's probably in the in the netherworld or something, you know, just completely out of her body experience. And so they're slowly creeping up on her and finally Rucker's like is there something wrong well, he's like Where, where's billy at? You know, yeah then... that uh, we should be hearing that snap noise uh, like from outside what why are we hearing that and then he pushes on colleen and she just falls right over what was going on because i feel like he pulled a cigar out of her head yeah, it was weird. She got shot in the head, but yeah, I didn't know what was going on. What, Do you have yeah. any idea, Jack, what's going on with this? I'm, I'm actually looking at it like frame by frame right now. And it. Oh, in hands. It, it, yeah, in hands. <laughs> yeah, he touches her head and she falls over. And it kind of looks like she's shot in the head, but it's right front and center. And it's clearly not like a gunshot wound. And then he finds a cigar. It almost makes it look like Slag like burned her temple with a cigar because there's not like a big, gross, like gunshot wound hole. It's more like the flesh has been seared and crisped around. Again, total, total shift. Like we're going from slapstick, like elevator joke comedy to some poor dead innocent woman with what looks like a horrifying bloody cigar burn on her temple and you know lifeless eyes staring up accusingly at nick and it's like you get whiplash from it like what's happening in this movie severed arms and then like rock candy jokes like (laughs) so the tennis service yeah Phone rings and it's McCready. And he's like, You know where Winterhaven is? Come here. I have your boy and the girl. And Winterhaven is a ski resort. And of course, yeah. of course, you know, Nick I knows. I believe it's a kingdom in Game of Thrones, though. <laughs> That's where this comes from. 
I, I, many people have said that George R. R. Martin was inspired by Blind Fury. Uh, <laughs> who wouldn't be? Yes. So they go to the this this uh, ski resort. They get in the gondola. They're going up there. Meanwhile, they're preparing. Frank's like, I got all these bombs. I can't wait to use them. He's like, fucking MacGyver and all this shit. You know what I really would have liked if it got a callback? The hot sauce bit. I really would have liked it if there was another hot spot, hot sauce bit that came back around here somehow. Like maybe him and McCready sit down for a burrito and he loads up his burrito with the hot, hot, hot sauce and it gives him a heart attack and that's how he kills him. But for a moment, Frank finds his humanity and goes, you know what? Remember that thing in Vietnam where I like I bailed on you? This is this is a great time for him to find his humanity, too, because he's trying to handle these very delicate bombs. And so he's fumbling because he's nervous because he's finally going to admit his guilt. And so he drops one and you see it on Rucker's face. He's like, holy shit. Well, how, well, how did he see it? Well, he hears it, Murray. He knows exactly what it is. The the sound of it passing through the air as it lands is so unique to him. Daredevil. He oh, immediately knows. <laughs> yeah, like he's just got to the point of crankiness. He's almost out of his soda here, and he's just like, ah. Okay, so he's like, <laughs> Nick, I'm. I'm kind of sorry about what happened. I mean, it really wasn't my fault. I mean, we're both to blame when Holy you really shit. think about it. He's pulling a Tracy on him. Oh, he really Tracy. Oh, my God. Tune in, tune in <laughs> Sunday to find out what we're talking about. And he, he's like, we're both kind of guilty, so it's kind of we're, we're even. And like Nick being the saint that he is, like, you're right. We're It's both our fault. Yeah, he bring, like uh, Nick brings him in for a hug. He's like, you know, when I left there, I was half a man. And then I realized what was making me half a man was knowing that you were out there feeling guilty for my disability. I just want you to know, <laughs> I forgive you. He pulled a Leif Garrett. Joe Corey's going to totally get uh-huh. what I'm talking about. Leif Garrett, the Leif Garrett behind the music. Leif Garrett is a, is a fucking drug addicted, like uh, bank teen, robber, teen, no, teen, <laughs> teen idol. And he was with a friend, and they got in a car accident, and he caused his friend to be crippled. He was driving high, and his friend got crippled. Yeah. So there's a scene where they meet up. Like, he, of course, he pulls a Tracy and doesn't fucking see his friend who's crippled. Man, we're calling so much to the tippy tab. <laughs> Tracy, you're a piece of shit. I hate you. <laughs> and so his friend's in a wheelchair now, and they finally meet up after years. Like, he's been, and then he's like, you saved my life, Leif. You know, because I was on like because he was on this road to drugs, and now he got cleaned up because he got crippled. Yeah, it was that life altering. Right, it was that, okay. la- it was that life altering. <laughs> <laughs> so, Murray's back. So, yeah, so he's he's he's, he's pulling a Leif Garrett on our boy uh, what, Nick. It's so frustrating. I'm sorry to hear you say <laughs> Leif Garrett because a Leaf Garrett. Yeah, it's just too close. I hate it. Can't imagine there's a leaf and a leaf, Garrett. Well, he's the same guy. You just these people pronounce it different. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, okay, yeah. that makes me happy. And so, yeah. So he's just like, you know, he's like they're they're bros again. It's like it never happened. Yeah. You know? But hey, the ski lift is almost to its destination, and they know a trap is waiting for them. And every hench is waiting. They got all their specialized guns. What's what's the layout of the guns? <laughs> It's actually my favorite scene because they just open up in this fusillade of just 
ridiculous proportions and they just pan across like Tex Cobb has his, you know, pump action shotgun. Another guy's got a 45. Another guy's got a Cobra nine millimeter. Some other dude has like another shotgun. Someone else has a Uzi. Then there's like these enormous stainless steel Magnum revolvers every gun is more ridiculous than the last and they're just lined up and they're just blasting away and of course everyone shoots their gun dry because naturally that's what you do and then they all just sort of stand around and pat each other on the back but it's it's just so perfect half these idiots just have these gigantic hats and they're huge you know you know, trench coats and their gloves and they're just blazing away. And it goes on for like a solid 60 seconds. I'm I'm just watching it now. <laughs> I'm just dying from it because it's so absurd. And of course, every time a bullet hits the glass, there's like explosions because the squibs are exploding and no one's even bothering to be like, uh, maybe a bullet hitting glass shouldn't cause a big fireball when it does. <laughs> Oh, one guy. I'm sorry, shot. guys. Like I just th- right. this is this is my jam. This is what I love. I love seeing this stuff. It's so ludicrous. It's that high 1980s Gonzo firearm action. That, I you know. I like that phrasing of it too. The Gonzo. See, this is your, this is your showcase episode. Uh, yeah, exactly. Jack, this so is your show. Lay it all. If out. I don't make it here, I'm never going to make it again. On uh, G and G. I mean. We uh we already got early numbers in from this episode, even while we're recording. The bin marks are off the charts. So the anticipation. Me and Murray have been doing hand we signed to each other during the episode. Right. And uh I mean we're already planning out a whole resort vacation where we're gonna take you out and we're gonna just shoot guns at a ski lift. We're going to Winter up. Haven. We're going to Winter Haven. We're taking you to Winter Haven and we're just gonna Lovely shoot Reno, off. Nevada. Yeah, we're just going to shoot off all kinds. Of, we got you a crazy outfit. I'm going to dress as a cowboy. Murray is, of course, going to dress as I thought uh, we were going to dress as Tector and Lyle. Gonna oh, we're going to do Tector and Lyle? Okay, I love it. <laughs> I already have Nick's uh, shirt. Talk, so yeah. I just need a fly fishing vest and some medium blue jeans yeah. and some bad sneakers and yeah i was oh jack i was hoping you were gonna break out the acid wash you're gonna go, <laughs> you find them somewhere in your closet you couldn't let them go but you couldn't wear I, them i can get them on ebay you can find anything on ebay if you're willing to put your mind oh, to it. i love ebay so yeah they're like there's no way these guys survived more holes than a sheepskin condom on this motherfucker and uh no, because there's a trap door in the bottom of this gondola. Yeah, they finally send somebody in to look at it, and there's just this tiny little trap door, and it's open. And oh my god, trap door, trap door. Can you sing that song for me? I don't know what that song yeah, is. Yeah, I love that song. So they're now they're in a hallway with a bunch of boxes lined up so they can hide behind them. Oh, yeah, like, you got to cover. You know this what shit? this took me back to? The hallway to the scene where I was getting very confused, and you're like, you got to remember this scene better <laughs> of uh, Street Fighter. Where he fucking like stomps the woman out and then it gets closed. Yeah. Like we couldn't figure out that scene. We are in such trouble. Anyways, we're running through this hallway. We're hiding behind boxes, everything. Lyle and Tech are somehow the first people to get into like this underground hallway. And they're running down. And of course, Frank is just oblivious to the world. So it's Nick West on. Get behind cover now. And sure enough, Lyle and Hector turn a corner. They start shooting at them. They miss, of course. And then they, they're trying to hide for a second. But I believe we just jumped to Nick has 
somehow like like a, a cat has gone from one corner and teleported to the other without them noticing and they turn the corner to fire off more rounds at them and they turn right into Nick's blade and it yeah. cuts out yep. right in in between yeah. uh his mouth Nick puts the blade right in Tector's mouth I'm like only way I can rationalize this is he has the back end of the blade against his throat, his mouth because we learned we just saw earlier Tector's fucking thumb barely touched it and it got sliced. He has it jammed in his mouth. Yeah, and he's I'm not- looking at it right now, and it is the edge of the blade up against oh. the corners of his lips. So clearly, and like yeah, and it shows like a, like a little tiny bit of blood just sort of spotting at the corners of his lips, but. You're right. Like the guy's wiggling around. He's nodding his head. Like he'd be halfway to his ears by now. Like, yeah. It, this razor sharp katana, they could cut a guy's eyebrows off. It's just one whisk of the blade. Like, how is it not just slice this guy's cheeks to the bone? And this it's, is a like a really weird game of chicken, too. So I mean you're you're looking at it. Tell us more about how this yeah. game of chicken plays out. Well, he's like starts flipping his brother back and forth to sort of like taunt him into firing. And, and he just does. He shoots his brother in the chest. And it's just that like the sad, soulful, like, oh my god, I can't believe you, you shot me. Me. You shot me. Yeah. And then, then he, yeah, okay. He throws him to the side because now his his protection has got a bullet in him, and yeah, he's just got these tiny little like flecks of blood, like in the corner of his lips, as if it wouldn't be cut all the way back to the molars. Like, <laughs> I didn't, didn't the brother shoot his brother as well? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Then he yeah, shoots bro. the other guy right in the head, so yeah. they just kill each other out of spite. I I, I kind of love the arc of Lyle and Tector. It's so weird, but I I've never seen it before, and it's that perfect little garnish to a movie. I just love it. Well, you love it. Frank loathes it because he, he does what he does best. He ah! hightails, hightails it out of there. Just runs. Yeah. So Nick- conscientious objector. <laughs> so Nick stumbles into a disco. And and uh, the lights are out. Yeah, because um, in this hallway now, behind him, the rest of the cavalry has arrived. They're shooting at him down the hallway, so Nick has to bail, and immediately he can't go running after. Actually, I think he does run after Frank. I don't is he know. not? Anyways, it doesn't matter. He's getting shot at, so he has to flee into the next open area. He can't. He's getting thrown off his game. I mean, he's he can't see already. So he has to plunge into the nearest room, and it just happens to be a music hall. Uh, and everything happens to be plugged in and turned on to 11. Right. Everything's tuned perfectly. And uh, he gets surrounded. They're like, we got him now. All the goons surround him. Yeah, because he's tripping over instruments. And, again, they're all plugged in. So and you just hear reverberating. It's picking up on every mic. And he's knocking mics over. They give feedback. So he's completely disoriented. Right. This probably happens to uh, Daredevil all the time. Right. And they're just like, <laughs> they're laughing. And then we see. You know what it reminds me of, Murray? Murray? What? Let's go on a little journey here. The Incredible Hawk episode. Yeah, but nobody's on acid, though. Oh, shit. That's right. Yeah. No one's on acid. But then we see cut away. We see a hand right on. There's a big lever. It says power on, power off. And he just pulls it off. <laughs> 
Oh no, it was two giant nodes and a fucking hand ridge is over and rips one out. It wasn't even a lever. It was like fucking battery packs. He rips out. And then the lights go out in Georgia. And if this were an anime, all you would it would be black, and then all you would see is a bright white smile. <laughs> and then like the gleam of the sword blade yes. as he unchains. Yes. You would see just like sword slashes and you would hear horrible noises and then <laughs> and then Nick goes to town. He just slashing and getting in bashing. And he's just fucking he, he he kills Cobb, he kills Tiger Chung Lee, he kills everybody but Slag, because Slag is up with McCready. And you've talked about Frank and his masochism. He's in the background, he's standing behind the bar, he's just throwing M80s into the mix, he's just... <laughs> it's more sadism than masochism. Oh, okay, yeah, thank yeah. you. I, I don't know my uh, evil-isms. Oh my god, Dodge. Just avoid the conversation entirely. Okay. <laughs> Back out of there. So otherwise, someone will comment. Oh, okay. You'll, you'll get you'll get kink shame shamed, okay? You don't want wait, that. that. Wait, kink shamed? That's the crowd that'll come after me? You you never know. The kink shame shamers. Wait, masochism is the one where you're in the, the sexual... Masochism is you like pain. Okay. Sadism you like inflicting pain. Oh, okay. Hey, uh, masochist. Sorry. Oh, you're supposed to inflict pain on them. Oh, hey, masochist. Fuck you. There you go. They're just jizzing as they speak. <laughs> so... Riff, not a goblin at all with the heart of gold telling you to fuck yourself. Yeah, you're right. So means... he's, just sli- he's just slicing and dicing. Cut to McCready in his office. He's got the drug dealers there. They got the Miami Vice suits on, so we know they're drug dealers. They got nice little mullets. They're fuller, but they're just oh. touching the neck. A little curly. Yeah. In the back. Very much like Norma's husband, who is in jail, Domino. And he's like, McCree's like, don't worry. The shit's coming. It's coming. They're like, we got we got, we got, got other business to tend to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they just walk out, go to the elevator, and he goes, slag, slag. Take care of that shit. I'm, I was interested to see what was going to happen here. but Well, we don't. It's left to the imagination. Slag just puts his arm in the elevator, goes in there, and... Does what Slag does. I so, have to point out because I'm watching the action scene here that not only does he at one point put his sword up against the guy's neck and then rotate it 360 degrees all the way around the guy's head, like a neck, basically cutting his throat completely around the spinal column. At another point, he chops his blade up between another guy's legs waits for the guy to scream in pain and then rips his sword upward which they don't show any gore but clearly is like slicing off the guy's dick ripping into his lower intestine and probably disemboweling the guy so once again we get these massive tonal shifts from the sort of goofiness of him bumping around the musical instruments and kicking off the feedback and like the lights playing and then the lights go out, and he just goes psycho sick house on all their asses and just eliminates everyone in some of the most brutal ways possible that we've seen so far. And, and then we're just going to bounce back to some goofy moment, you know, where he's like, tell him to take care of the drug deal. I mean, the this movie's everywhere. Whoopee cushion bed that's coming up here. It really just got 
the the wind of my sails again. So he kills everybody, and then like uh, Frank comes up. He's like, "I was just kidding. I knew I had your back, dude." Yeah. So he forgives him again because he's a saint. Oh, they yeah. make their way up to McCready's office. They got the tackle the the Altoid case. Well, they're pretty small for all the drugs. Yeah, one Altoid case. It was two Altoid cases, okay, but you know he only had to present one to him just to show him that he had the stuff. But you know we mentioned Slag had run off to chase down the uh, previous drug dealers, so we've got McCready dead to rights. He's all alone, but they just want to get the guy, the 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 son and the girl, and they just want to be done with this all. Right? He can have the drugs. He can have the designer he drugs. Right? He just wants his life back. That's more than enough money that pays off his Meanwhile, debt. Meanwhile, yeah, piece of shit. Like he only has himself to blame for being in debt. It's not right. Like they Again, all this time we've all agreed <laughs> Frank should suffer. He should pay right. in blood. Like he should right. be gone. But like Trump, he will never suffer. He just falls his way into success. Don't bring me into reality. I dove into this movie to remember that things can be fun. Well, I'm just about to shit on you even more because shit on me even more. Everybody, because this is a very heartbreaking scene up here. Yeah, yeah, um, I agree with because you. Because he's like Frank is very oh, Frank, excuse me. McCready is very happy because he gets drugs and everything. But he's still a fucking evil mob boss. And so he's like, "Wow, boy, I got to tell you." He's Falkhorn Leghorn? I say, I say. I gotta tell you, he had a great accent, and I'm doing a great accent now. Boy, blind boy over there, I got a present for you. Boy, come in here. He's like, Bruce Lee's brother. (laughs) And then the doors open. Oh, it's broke my heart. It's because the gong was offensive, right? (laughs) Actually, it was kind of offensive. There actually was a gong. And uh, it's it's fucking living legend. Golden Globe. The guy, he should, he's on the Mount Rushmore of Golden Globes. He really is. Show fucking Kazugi shows up. The man, the only ninja who can kill another ninja. Yes. He. It's like, and it's just heartbreaking to me because this is like the final act of Show Kazugi's yeah, American action fall? career. This is like, I believe, his last American movie. Okay. Because. You and know, think about how it bookend though, because he started a villain and he's ending a villain. Yeah. So does that give you any? No, because I wanted Show to do so many more movies, and it was just kind of like he, he finally he started out as a villain, finally became the hero we all knew he could be, and he was amazing as a hero. Of course he was. And it took me a long time. It took me this podcast the real. I'm sorry, Jack, you're going on this trip with us. <laughs> it took me along for the ride. <laughs> <laughs> so it took me so long because I saw that John Claw movie where John Claw was the bad guy and Show was the good guy, Black Eagle. Black Eagle. And it broke my heart. And then I saw it as an adult and I was like, oh my God, Show is amazing. So he right. won me over and here we are. And I just got to know maybe something can bring you back around. Maybe something speaks to you that gives you some relief. Show's hair is looking good here. It is looking I good. I loved Show. He got rid of the bowl cut thing. <laughs> Yeah. That he had going as a, like a forty-five-year-old man, <laughs> hairs off the ears, Murray. Yeah, like so <laughs> I'm glad we got you back. Yeah, yeah but it's bittersweet though. It was. Be- it was because they they but he 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 did a great job. Incredible. Oh, you know what? I'm not gonna give this to us. We don't know our sort. We don't know our action scenes, despite <laughs> 300 plus episodes. Jack, yeah. <laughs> how is this sword fight? I mean, it drives me crazy because the reality of it is 
that all he needed to do was get himself at the proper distance, do a little feint so that, you know, Ruckerhauer senses some movement or something, and then just thrust his sword into Ruckerhauer's heart. Like, it's, it's not hard to make a kill here. But then I just have to tell myself is that he got hired to make a production out of it. Okay. And so he's playing into, like, the theatrics of the combat. Okay. You know, because because that guy says, well, I paid a lot to see this and you right. know, I want my money's worth or whatever. But but the fact that it then, like, a, you guys ever watch Highlander, the television show, where no. it just, oh. all the sword fights have to take place in, like, ludicrous locations, mostly so that there's just props for you to chop up with your sword and for them to, like, blow up when the quickening happens. So instead of just a room where they can fight in, it, it enters, yeah, this like hot tub slash gym where they're hacking through like weightlifting equipment and chopping through beams and support structures. And yeah, now they're like they're fighting on the hot tub. Why? Why would you? Again, it's almost like a Zorro movie too, where you're like, I'm just going to keep going up higher into more precarious locations to have a sword fight with why 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 would we do that why wouldn't you play it safe and then of course he gets too cocky he does the whole trapeze act which again why would you swing yourself across (laughs) and obviously i mean the sword guy isn't stupid he sees the light fall into the water and there's sparks and shit flying up out of it so good. yeah there's like and, a tanning thinks, lamp that falls in the hot yeah tub. yeah and he thinks to himself aha i know what i'm gonna do to win this sword fight i'm gonna hang one-handed from this this thing over an electrified hot tub and engage in a one-handed sword fight with a blind guy like it just doesn't make any sense whatsoever and of course he pays for it with his life the folly well, leads him to electrified disaster. You left out the fact that there's a scene in the fight where Rucker grabs Show's face. Whoa, 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 whoa. Can we talk about this scene? Is this too risque for today's? <laughs> actually, I have a great joke, but it's much too racist to tell. But, yeah, he grabs his face and goes, ah, Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> he, like, feels his eyes. I can tell. I'm just going to walk right, right past that. Not even going to give it the side yeah, eye. You know what, Jack? Yeah, leave that for us. That's, that's our joke. That's for, for Goblin Murray <laughs> over here to go on one of his <laughs> tiny hearted Grinch rants about racism. <laughs> no, that scene was fun. That scene really hit me hard. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck just happened? But we also got to point. First of all, the scene would have been so much greater if little Kane Kazugi came out and I would fought have liked Billy that. in a sword fight. I would have liked that. But you see, oh I my think, god! Yes. I think what has happened here is that Kane, because he's a badass, has gone off. He's what nine? He's already gone off on his own journey. Dad, I'm sorry, I gotta go. And of course, Show was like, "Son, I already knew you were gonna leave me by twelve. You're doing it earlier. I'm so impressed." Please don't leave me with your brother, though. <laughs> Take your brother with you. Maybe teach him something. So I would have expected... Let your brother be your Frank. So I would have expected the little brother to be here. What's his name? Shane. Shane. Kane not Shane. Even, not even worth remembering his name. <laughs> I would have liked it if little Shane was here. And little Shane 
as actually beating the shit out of Billy. So the audience gets to see Billy get his snot-nosed face beat up. Maybe get his hair cut off, maybe his little rat tail cut off, and he's waving it around. And that catches the attention of Show, who's dancing on the hot tub for some reason. <laughs> why? I still, why is there a trapeze hanging above the hot tub? Why? Well, you watch the fucking uh, the Hanzo. Uh, yeah, what's the, it? Hanzo the Razor. Hanzo the Razor. Why did he have some weird sexual contraption? Because well, he could torture people. With it. <laughs> so torture them. Maybe that's what McCready's into. Oh, maybe okay. it's a sexual thing. Like, hey, yeah. have you ever been tortured? Trick? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. We also left out. There's a nice little gag where fuck up Billy. Uh, what's his face? Oh no, Nick- th- yeah. This is this yeah. is right after he has uh. Finished off. Show, well, show has finished himself off because oh, he, yeah. he, you're okay, talking. Okay, I have yeah, yeah. myself because uh, he this show has decided the only way I can beat this <laughs> blind man, even though we're by but this bubbling cauldron of a spa with sparks flying everywhere. There's so much ruckus, but he's like the only way I can defeat this man is by using a trapeze act and. The shirt de soleil of like the death, you know. What he doesn't remember about himself is that Shokazui is like 6'2, <laughs> 250. He's a fucking bulking man. Bulking man, is that that's not a thing? No, not. Okay. And uh yeah, so of course it fucking falls on him and he plunges to his death. But imminent danger is not out of the way. No, we're, we still got one more hench left. You think we're going to have that loving moment where the fucking, uh, what is it, an elephant little clay statue comes back out? Triceratops. Billy, Triceratops. I wanna, Nick, I want to give this to you. No, we don't get that moment yet because Slag turns the corner. and He's got that fucking gnarly, uh, you know, starburst cut across. It looked like Ronnie Garvin when he got the fireball to his eye. It just looked like someone smeared some jam across. He had some band, good bandages. Did he? No. Yeah, he wasn't fucked up. He, he just got done killing the drug lord. Yeah. So he's ready to fuck with uh, Nick. Yeah. And he's got he's got the shotgun. He's oh yeah, the sword. He's going full chance Bordeaux on this thing. He turns corner. Pigeons come flying out. Cocks the shotgun. Somehow, mullet flapping in the wind. Somehow, uh, Nick lost his sword. Well, yeah. So well, Billy, he's a blind man. So Billy grabs it and goes. Nick throws it. I blame. I don't blame Nick. I blame Billy. Oh yeah, he tossed it poorly. Yeah, and, and also he's shrieking the time because we know he does use Daredevil echolocation senses. So all the shrieking fucked up the sound of the sword well, cutting shrieking the wind because he got a little of that hot tub water on his ass while <laughs> they're running, you know. And he throws it, and Nick misses the fucking sword. And we're like a little gag there, like oh shit. He's going to die. Jack, you still in on this gag? Well, you see, what, what actually happens, because I'm, again, I'm, I'm watching this. While you two are going on, I'm just watching the action moment on, on my laptop. While we're going here. on. While you're pontificating about it. Yeah. Tech Top comes in with his giant fucking Desert Eagle. Again, this absurdly impractical handgun. Shoots Nick in the arm, which... Dead to rights, that thing should have just taken off about a baseball's worth of meat when it hits him. Instead, it's like it kind of bumped his elbow against something. He just is like, ah, I just, I just hurt my arm. And he drops, you know, no, actually, he doesn't drop his sword there. He then, like, throws his uh, Zatuichi sword. It impales slag to the wall. 
but then Slack, because he's indestructible, you can't kill him, just grabs the blade of the sword and rips it out of his own guts Holy and drops shit. it. And yep, then he goes crawling for his Desert Eagle Magnum. And that's when little Billy runs over, grabs it, and is like, Nick, catch. And he throws it at him, but he throws like an idiot and drops it in the electrified, you know, hot tub. So <laughs> Nick goes feeling around. He's like, Where's I got I need another cutting instrument here. And he finds the assassin's katana. And that's when he grabs that and he comes up and he just slashes slag. So bad he pulls a Darth Maul on him and cuts him in half at the waist, and he falls out the window and plunges approximately four and a half miles uh, to the ground below. Four and a half miles. God, I damn. mean they're up pretty high. Well, did best they could protect him for that. What you yeah. don't know is that Winter Haven is actually on top of Mount Kilimanjaro. Ooh, they, they had to travel quite a ways to get there. I like it. So yeah, so they they just leave McCready to like let him live. Uh, Terry O'Quinn like fights him for the shotgun, but it doesn't look like anything actually. Clicking back, clicking back. Yeah, if you're gonna back. kill everybody, kill everybody. You don't leave anybody's behind. You think you would like dunk them in the hot tub or make them yeah. snort all the P2P, eject it at them like they do to the heroes? Yeah, leave them with no chocolate bars or orange well, juice. That's, that's when you let Frank in charge of something. You know, he's always half asses everything. So. Yeah. Well, Frank is such a masochist that he's probably into like chucking like oh, chemical bombs at him. He's a sadist. Oh, he's a sadist. Yeah. I always pronounce that word saddest. That's sad that you pronounce it that way. It is sad that I pronounce it that way. <laughs> so yeah, Frank just wrestles the shotgun from McCready, and like that's kind of that's I mean, the end of it. Like the heck, where's the closure like- there? Are we Wait, okay? This is a giant pothole. Like, what what happens to McCready? No, it's sequel. not a giant, it's Set not a giant plot hole. We were just talking about it a minute ago. The worst, the most obvious criminals always get away. The tr- Donald Trump's always get away. He is the Donald Trump of the story. He's just gonna get away. Some of the underlings by him clearly paid with their life. Shokazuga, he got pulled into it. He got he's paying with his life. Bag yeah. always win. The bad guys always win, but not in this movie because oh, we're ready to wrap it up. Hey guys, guess what? We're five hours into this episode. We're finally getting <laughs> to the last scene. And you enjoyed every minute of it. Yep, you loved it. This is our number one episode of the of the month. Let's take them on one last side trip. What's that? Smoothies. How do you feel about smoothies, Murray? Uh, I, I don't think I've ever had a smoothie. You've never had a smoothie. Uh, what kind of berry would you put in your smoothie? Um, uh, guava. Guava. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> I don't know. Jack smoothie. I'm all, I'm all about the Jamba juices. Jamba like, juice. I, yeah, I I like the uh, the sort of like the peanut butter chocolate banana style kind of protein right. smoothies. Like that's that's my jam. I'm good. With all those. right. How we feel about Kiwi? Rind on or rind off? Oh, rind off. Come on, rind please. Yeah. I, I don't I don't I don't truck with any kind of Velcro skinned fruit, okay? Just Oh boy. Well me yeah, and Joe no. Coleman have something to say about that. Oh, okay. All right. After that tangent, we're finishing up this story. 
I they're getting on a bus going to Miami, I guess, to bury his mom because he just left mom's dead body there. Mom's body's probably still in the house rotting for the past week. I mean, the cops have arrived. They've been checking out the crime well, scene. Cops don't, they don't do anything. You know? Well, yeah. You know they're, what? They're probably right Murray, the Murray, 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 Murray. Yeah. Hold on. Yeah. Here's what I think happened. They took the dead body of Marie Faye up to Toronto. Marie Faye. What? What's her name? Lynn Meg, Faye. Meg Foster. Lynn Foster. Well, Miranda. <laughs> Lynn Manuel Miranda. They took her up to Toronto and they just found a park and they put about one inch of soil on her. And then She's they said, Karouche? Hey, that's good. Oh my God. That makes so much sense. This will make so much sense to you Sunday after you listen to our tippy tap <laughs> on Forever Night. Oh my God. Oh, I, I, Jack can't wait for Sunday to go. He's like, I'm going to, like, so much of this shit's going to make sense. I need this inside baseball information, and I need it now. We we have never done such a good job of teasing an episode than this. Well, so they're getting on a bus, go to Miami. We're going to say they're going to Miami. and uh, It was San Francisco. Yeah, it said San Francisco, but why would we be going to San Francisco from Reno? None of this makes any sense. So and they're he, not even going to bury this kid's poor mom. Like, no. Frank, you fucking piece. Frank already has a side piece Annie with him now. He's he's forgot. He's never even remembered the fucking ex-wife. They had a mutual breakup. Okay. So that <laughs> means don't give her, don't give my son closure. Like, like <laughs> give a funeral. No, he's got Just a cool. Barrier in Toronto. He's got a cool new stepmom. <laughs> got the hot set, uh, stepmom. There's a lot of porn about that. Well, she was a and, nerd. All, former mom was more. And so he's got he, and he's, his dad bought him new acid washes. <laughs> he's got the fucking hey, Garth Brooks shirt on. Oh, oh, yeah. God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Giant white Brie box. He oh. is set. And and Nick's in line with him. I really like that uh, characterization of him and his Garth Brooks because, you know, Billy really does have friends in low places. He, yeah, he's got dad in all places too, and so he gets on the bus. Uh, you know, I guess they see blind people last for so. some reason. This is the most weird part. Like, this is the part of this movie that really creeps me out. They're in line for the same bus, and yet they're five people apart, so they can't be like talking and being together. Not neither of you are bothered by this. Well, it just shows how yeah. disrespectful Frank is to Nick. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. Frank yeah. is once again just a big piece of shit. Okay. Oh. And he doesn't get his comeuppance. Why? I, McCready and Jack. We just said bad guys always win. Yeah, and Frank is told bad guy. Yeah. I'm not I'm not sure he what he probably bails on uh Billy as soon as he gets to Frisco. He's like, Yeah, find your own life, yeah, figure it out. Oh, gets to Frisco, he probably tells Billy to go to the bathroom at like one of these bus stops and then just make sure the bus takes off. Oh my god. Just sort of drops him off like a puppy or something. And you know I mean you're cramping my style, kid. I gotta tell you, I think I remember seeing little Billy in uh Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I think he's one of the kids. He turns to the Foot Clan. When they know. when they lure the kids in with cigarettes and arcade games, I think Billy was Billy. in there. His story goes dark from here, from this point yeah. onward. Yeah, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, of course, is West Side, and RoboCop 2 is East Side. Because mm. th- that was the thing back in the 80s, as far as I understand, is all these gangs who would lure teenagers and young kids. Okay. Okay. So, 
Nick, Nick is standing Nick, several. He's people. holding the the bus ticket in his hand, and he just drops it and just walks away. Walk. And then little Billy sees that. He's like, Uncle Nick. We, we forgot to point out there is a nice scene because he starts calling him Uncle Nick, yeah. and then Rucker's like, "Oh, I'm your uncle now." I. Yeah, was, yeah. You know, yeah. Fuck you, kid. But yes, yeah, so he's like, Uncle Nick. And he's running, searching. I hate you. I hate you for leaving me. You know, who's going to iron my fucking ash and wash jeans now? And, you know, and it's just like, he's looking. He's on, a, he's on a bridge. Nick is under the bridge. Well, okay. So they're across the street. or They're on the same side of the street. Oh, he's he caressing does. him. And then he's like, look, this is how it's going to be. I got to go now. Right. Rucker crosses the street. A bus goes by, that, and suddenly yeah. he is gone. Yeah, we, yeah. One of these days, I'm going to do that. No, you're out. not. You don't have the agility. I'm going to figure. I'm going to figure it out. You don't have the. It'd be one of those scenes where you back up into the street and get hit by the bus, and it's you know horrifying. And yes, so that's what's going to happen. It is the disappearing happens on a bridge. So he like looks. He's like, "Where are you? I hate you, fuck you." And then we see under the bridge. Uh, what's the buttholes doing, Griff? Are there any warm, any, any warming up buttholes? They were blurred out, but yeah, oh, you could definitely see. That's them. why I well, got the R rating. Well, they they actually what they did instead of blurring it is they just put some bushes there and had them shaking. Okay. <laughs> and we see Nick, and then we just see one single tear fall down his 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 things that in his head that make tears are working now. I didn't even put that connection, but did you even point out that Bill is on top of the bridge? He drops after the... his last. Well, I didn't want to embarrass you one last time because you were going to say he drops like a giraffe. So Bill is up there. He's holding his beautiful little alligator, and he's just like, "Look, doggy." I love how they did a callback there because, of course, that's what Nick referred to the alligator in the first scene. He says, "Look, little doggy, I can't." keep you anymore he drops it over the bridge and there's nick holding his hand out and he catches the alligator and he caresses it and he says good doggy and he puts in his pocket one tear the tear ducks work again they do all it took was abandoning a child so where did you hate this ending what you hated this ending you told us that there was something about this ending you hated no it was the shokazugi shit oh just shokazugi this was a beautiful ending Oh boy, Jack! This scene warm your sixteen-year-old heart. Make it does it. not. It didn't warm my heart back then, and it certainly doesn't warm it now. Oh, okay. tough crowd. Tough yeah, crowd. I'm cold. I'm cold that way. And You're then really... the bus shows up, and the kid jumps in. You know, oh, dad! Like, no, dad's piece of shit, kid. Yeah. I, I, I totally think like, dad hops out. With his sleeves of his sports jacket pushed back, which, I don't know, maybe I'll catch flack for this, but I think it's a terrible look. I, I can't believe it existed back then. Yeah, it I hope that look never rough, comes yeah. back. Murray's oh. fixing I do like his watch, right though. I always wear a blazer. Yeah, yeah, now Nick's crying. Oh, it's so sad. I, I, can, I, can, I have tears again. It's like, you know what? You should be crying because that kid's probably going to Lead to a life of crime and yeah, gang violence. Turned out by some pimp and be a child prostitute. I think this movie is trying to teach us a valuable lesson in that sometimes our fathers aren't always the best father figures. Yeah, that's how I learned. But then it's also like, is it Nick's responsibility? This really should have been a story about found family. You know, yeah. 
dad should have died. Yes. And the kid should have carried, continued on with Nick. Like, holy shit. That would have and wrapped went back to Miami with a live mom. That had a family. Yes. would have wrapped around. To well, if, if you went for the, the storyline where the kid dies and the mom lives. But if you're going to stick with the kid living, which, again, I'm against. Then the kid sticks with Nick, and yeah. dad dies killing Devereaux because they're wrestling for the shotgun. Go off, fatally wounds Frank, but Frank is able to like do something to kill Devereaux because Devereaux is about to kill. You know, you know what it is. Dad. Frank has all his bombs strapped to his body, and he sacrifices himself. He blows up Winterhaven. I like that. Huh. There you go. That could have worked. A little side vest action. It's like, no, I'm taking you with me. Boom. Right. I like that. Where I think that would have been this? a more satisfied we, ending. We're, we're ending it. How do we end this? Well, this is, this, is, this is it. This is like, this this, is like a, a beautiful relationship that has just ended and it's mutual. But how do you move on from Rucker Month? It's going to be tough. Murray, I most, know. I think we should, most people would just rest on their laurels and quit. They would be like, "We we came, we saw, we conquered. We don't need do to do anything. Do we need anymore. to take time to go to some defecation tanks and like really explore the inner beings well, of, our, our, of our brains? If you were a mere mortal, I would say, yeah, but we're not. We're superhuman. And we trek on because we're going even better. Because better? If, if you know Golden Globus Theater, you know every October is Schlocktober. For us, I've heard of that, and you're gonna enjoy. We're gonna start earlier. Usually, we just wait till our Wednesdays. That's when we do it. But we're gonna start on Sunday. I don't know what day that is. I think it's the third or fourth. If I had a calendar right in my hand right now, what I would do? I clicked the wrong button. This is not going well. This, it's a, it's 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 Sunday. It is uh, the third Sunday. The third. We're starting Schlocktober. We've talked about it five thousand times in this episode. It's the 90s vampire detective show, Forever Night. You think vampires are scary. How about seeing eye dog vampires? <laughs> Excuse me, eye dog? Seeing eye dog, yeah. Oh, seeing eye dog. Okay. <laughs> so check that out. And I want to take a moment, all kidding aside, I want to say, I want to thank everybody that participated in uh, Rucker Hour Month. You were all fucking awesome. You all brought something unique to your episode oh my we god appreciate you taking the time out to do this with us and of course just all the struggles we've gone through it's gonna really kill me having had. to kill one of you but you know there's rules we gotta do that uh, Mur- i mean yeah murray definitely i love you guys all a lot more than murray murray's got a tiny little heart and uh-huh. his little tiny heart it it's also got a little acid it craves blood it. it craves blood and but hey we're also gonna let whoever gets the number one pick their own movie for a future episode. That's true. So, so that counters out. And also the person you threw in the acid vault, you made them a nice little pin to melt with. Yeah. So that you can put it on their chest. Yeah. So I want to say thank you to you guys. And that's what I put, that's what I pat us on the back. Like we're amazing. Like <laughs> scouts for talent. <laughs> no, we're amazing scouts for talent. We've never had a shitty guest. All our guests are fucking amazing. It, it really is. I mean, I'm kind of worried. We're like kind of jinxing ourselves. Like maybe they're going to get some really bad in the future. But so far, so good. No, I mean, everybody's been great. We love you all. We really do. We appreciate Everly, you doing it. Everyone has come on here. And they've been very natural, and they've had a very fun conversation with us. And it often goes long, and it often but because it's so damn good. I 
it, it's incredible. You know, as much as I am afraid of social media world, we have found some incredible people. And right. it, 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 it warms my gigantic heart to your yeah. tiny little Grinch heart. Well, yeah, it keeps my heart pumping. <laughs> so with that, we will end this episode and we will see you uh, this October on the 3rd and keep it warm. Well, let's let Jack throw out the keep it warm. Jack, do you want to give out a keep it warm? Keep it warm. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs>